When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We're live, Las Vegas. We're here in the flesh. In the flesh, dude. Look the, at this flesh. That's flesh. a lot of flesh, man, and muscle. Tons of muscle. This day guy. Two. This day. guy. This guy. I, I, I never knew. I never. I never thought this day. Nate, Matt, Frank, Alex, everybody here. Never, never knew if this day was actually going to come. We see everybody in flesh, but we're here. Day two. We're here for some more chaos, dude. Look at the studio, man. The studio is fantastic. Yeah, look at the Las Vegas sign. We're actually here, though. It's not just a painting. This is this is on the wall because we're in this actual town. We really are. You know, you know, because we were we were corresponding from the actual NFL draft experience last you know last night. So it was yeah. great. So we didn't get a lot of skill position players pick. Not a lot of fantasy impact. Day two, we're hoping to be live for the entire event, uh, round two, round three, and that we get more fantasy relevant players especially um this thing called a uh running back yeah we'll see yes. what happens uh, you know you, we've talked yes. about this all day we, we went to brunch over at mr mama's third time in three days we went over and had brunch so you know we had to do that with the brunch father. they know our name man and we talked about the running backs and the big thing was where do they go yeah and, and oh does, yeah does Brees hall to houston nuke everything where everybody knows your name Mr. Mamas, where do they go? Do they get nuked? Because I got a lot of flack for having no running back go until I think 63, and I put Isaiah Spiller in Tampa on that seven-round mock a couple weeks ago. Yeah. And it was like, well, no running back until the last pick. Yeah. And, and, and But now you look yeah. at the you look up and you're like, well, look at the quarterbacks that have fallen. N'Kobe Dean's still here. David Ajabo. A lot of defensive linemen are I still want here. A Jabba. We I talked, want Ajabo. We talked about the depth of this defensive line class. Uh, edge, D-line, receiver, quarterbacks are all here. If you're going to move up Jamison Williams with a torn ACL, why not move up Ajabo? How does Ajabo make it to the second round? I don't know. I don't understand it. But uh, the NFL is getting better and better and better. And you're giving them double credit. Mm-hmm. You're give, Well, you're not really. You're giving them credit on the one hand for not drafting a running back, but then you're taking the credit away by saying, oh, the running back they do draft, it's going to be yeah. uh, Isaiah Spiller. And by the way, thanks to Cole of Camp. That guy is a stud. Huge super chat contribution. Uh, Cole, you're not coming anywhere close to what this trip actually cost me, but you're helping, dude. You're helping a lot. Thank you so much. He was, you remember last year, he was he did the same thing last year. So shout out stud. Cole. Sticking with us again, stud. Do another NFL draft. Look at the logo. Unreal. Viking fan, you, you know, shout out. You, you knew I had to. Cole, well, Cole's awesome. What are the Vikings going to do? Let, 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 let's let's do some content for Cole. Let's speak to Cole right so, now. So, yeah, Cole, obviously, Louis Sign goes there with 32, 32nd overall pick. There has been discussion about Malik going 34. I don't think he's going 34. I think they trade out of that pick. Uh, I think that would be the, the, the most logical thing to do is trade out of that 34 pick to somebody, whether it is a you know an Atlanta or an Indianapolis trying to get over Seattle. Uh, maybe somebody wants to run it back. Nicobe Dean falls in here. I think Nicobe Dean to the Eagles is a, is a sneaky one. Someone should move up to get. Um, I think there's just a lot of value here. 
David Ajabo, you can move up for this. Is, I would love to see a job. There's so many things on the table that I think the Vikings had calls at 32. But the Vikings back. don't need a job, right? Because they hit on uh, Daniel Hunter, Daniel, and, DJ Warnham. Yeah, they, they so. get they get a nice defensive line. Uh, they don't need to spend that capital. And honestly, from a need standpoint, Andrew Booth is there. Andrew Booth would be the guy that I'd be looking for if they make that pick. But if I'm the Vikings, if I'm Quessy, I'm moving back because I know that you know the quarterbacks fell out round one. Somebody wants them. Somebody wants them, and that that Seattle at forty forty one, Indianapolis at forty two, and Atlanta at forty three. That's gonna be that's gonna be a mess. My position is you can't give the NFL all this credit for uh, not drafting a running back in the first round, which you did, waiting until the second mid second round to go running back, and then have them draft not even a top three running back in this class. So we've seen time and time again. I think with the exception of Hutchinson over Kayvon which I think yeah. was a clear mistake, Colossal. clear mistake. That's local boy biased 101 mistake. Other than that, it's hard to find a glaring mistake in the first round. It was an incredible first round. Yeah. Even that strange pick you had strange around ahead of consensus. Yep. And you couldn't even get strange to where he should go. And I, it, they, they lost Ted Karras to the Bengals. And it was a need filling thing. Anytime you guys all know everyone. When was the last time a small school, offensive line and got drafted either at the end of the first round or the beginning of the second round that I didn't love. I'm always going to love that guy. I was going to say, it's been, it's been the senior bowl last few years, right? It's been Allie Marpet. Uh, and then, and then uh, now it's Cole strange. I had him 38th overall on the big board oh. and he goes 32nd. Like oh. if that's not my, it, probably dude. my best value. I think, I mean, dude. everyone said, you know, the Rams, I think went out on a stream last night and they're like, we had him, we thought he was going to be there at one Oh four. And I think consensus, he was a round four look. Uh, I've seen some people on Twitter talking about round three, round four. Isn't he just a total monster with a nasty factor? I thought round two to Buffalo was like, he's a Buffalo guy. And of course, now he goes to New England. Monster with a nasty factor. uh, Nasty. He looks like Frankenstein. Is he like from Chattanooga State or something? UT Chattanooga. UT Chattanooga. Terrell Owens. UT Um, Chattanooga. Yeah, that's why I I knew that school. That's uh, Cole Strange. I mean, was it a value pick? No. But what is a savvy pick? Yes. Yeah, it was a great pick. And, and, uh, and it's New England, so does it surprise you? I don't, I don't consider that a reach. If you're going to go small school lineman, then I'm assuming you've done all your homework and you're like, this guy in – like again, this is the NFL getting smarter and the influence of these analytics departments, you can see it in pick after pick after pick. Cole Strange goes late second round five years ago. Mm-hmm. right? You, you usually could get all this value on – especially point of attack players from small schools in the second round that's going away. Now you have a guy like N'Kobe Dean from Georgia falling out of the first round. He would have been a first round pick lock five years ago. And you have a Cole strange moving up. The one guy that didn't go in the first round that I thought was a mistake by the NFL was Bernhard Raymond. He's a first round talent and you're going to get that small school discount on him. But I can't see him falling many more than a few picks. If the Vikings do make a pick here, I hope it's Raymond. So, yeah, the Raymond one, I think Raymond is a – I don't think he fits as well as, as you do into the Vikings system. But they, Tennessee listen, Jets – I don't care. If you're getting a tackle, you can always put him at right tackle. And if you're like, oh, we have two great tackles, okay. Well, one of them is going to get hurt in the first six weeks, as it is with every NFL yeah. team. So, okay, so he's one of the best swing tackles. Yeah. Right. So he becomes a swing tackle. At no point can anyone say to me, oh, we don't we don't need tackle. No, that's to me. That's been a huge weakness for them for many years. If they want to double down on strength on strength there, that's 
that's just the guy I like. All right, all right. We got a big stuff coming here. Pick number 33, the Buffalo or the Tampa Bay Buccaneers did move back from round one to round two. They had the first pick. Uh had Logan Hall going to them in round one. They moved back to pick 33 and grab Logan, Logan Hall, Hall from Houston. Pick. He's gonna play three tech. He's they took him outside. off the board. The sports book took, took Hall off the board, so we he, knew that was gonna happen. He is such a such a fantastic fit. It's just like the Devontae White thing to Green Bay. I thought Logan Hall was a fantastic fit with Tampa. The age that they've expressed with J, JPP and Dominican Sue. So he's gonna fit awesome in here. Joe Tryon, Logan Hall. It's a Tampa pick. And then pick 34, yeah. like we just discussed. So the Green Bay Packers. They were never gonna use that pick. The Green Bay Packers, rare in division trade. The Green Bay Packers move up to pick 34 to the Minnesota Vikings. <sighs> To take uh, George Pickens, to take Christian Watson. Are they getting the receiver? Are they getting the receiver? They have to. No, because they had a conversation. Ring, ring, ring. Oh, hey, Aaron. Uh, what would you think? We went defense, defense, as we, we like to do, and, and tried to fuck you again. Uh, are you happy with the defense, defense pick? Like, no, no. Okay, well, well we, we, there's some receivers we really like in the seventh round, uh, Aaron. Are you sure we, we can't wait till the seventh round? Uh, no. You, you want, you, okay. Uh, you, you want, you want to, you want us to draft. Okay. We'll, we'll draft a receiver. Oh, okay. A local boy. Okay. A Christian Watson fast, uh, like good Jeff Janice. Okay. We'll, we'll go with that guy. Okay. Bye. So what happened? Lock it in. What happened? Pick number 34 was green Bay Packers and Christian. Oh, your source is pretty good. Oh, your source. Whoever, who are you talking to? The phone? There's a good source. Best was Aaron. Best landing spot so far, by far and away. We did the, the the draft recap. Nate and I did a draft recap. Nate's gonna rotate in. Anand's rotating in. We even have Alex Dunlap from Roster Watch rotating in. Christian Watson now, but by, by far and away the best landing position. These guys at the Senior Bowl love Christian Watson. What he showed at the Senior Bowl was incredible. In, the the sick workout metrics, but that again is one of the reasons why his best comp is Des, you know uh, Denzel Mims. Same exact. Athletic profile, also best senior bowl wide receiver, and then flopped famously in the NFL. So would De would Denzel Mims have flopped on the Packers? I don't know. I don't know. It, you know, he needs the quarterback's going to throw those back shoulder fades. Zach Wilson wasn't that guy. Maybe that guy's uh, Aaron Rodgers. If you come from a small school, you're almost always not going to be an early declare unless you're Sky Moore, you're Devontae Adams, something like that. Uh, I think Sky Moore would just been the better player. Pickens, better player, but now Christian Watson is in that conversation for top five. How, how, yeah, when you, when you look at the rankings right here, we have mm. him sitting down there at that nine position. You can make a, a big case for the movement because he's yeah. getting drafted over Pickens, moving up, drafted over Sky Moore, he's moving up. Um, and, and we've discussed those guys a lot. And you look at him coming in mm. to Green Bay, filling that MVS role, which we know Rogers loved to use. You, you, you famously liked MVS early on last year because of the air yards. And if Watson's getting those air yards and what, and now Adams is out, this is, this is the, this is the conversation everybody has. This is a conversation. Would, would Green Bay do it in round one? Instead, they trade 53 and 59 to the Vikings to move up to, to 34. So now the Vikings have 53, 59 and 66, which I think is a, a, a beautiful move here uh, just because All of right. the value between so, 30 and 100. But give me your thoughts on Watson replacing MVS but with him replacing MVS, oh, Adams is gone. He's like good Marquez Valdez-Scantling. Imagine Marquez Valdez-Scantling, but good. That's, that's, that's Christian Watson. But here's the thing. Let me ask you a question. Mm -hmm. Chris Olave. Yeah. Chris Olave, his quarterback is Jameis Winston for now. Maybe with his knee fully rehabilitated in time. Maybe not. Maybe on the pup. Maybe not. And then however long he uh, lasts as a quarterback, six weeks, eight weeks, 16 weeks. Quarterback position in flux. 
lost their left tackle, but did bring back Michael Thomas, a true alpha. And so that's the situation that Chris Olave finds himself in on a wayward franchise, not rebuilding the right way and going to be facing stiff target competition right away. Unlike say Jamison Williams, whose team is clearly rebuilding the right way. And Amon Ross St. Brown is not the serious target competition that Michael Thomas is. So that's why we're, we're certainly going to have Jamison Williams ahead of Chris Olave. But then the question becomes at five at wide receiver five, is there a conversation to be had about Watson vis-a-vis Olave, both seniors, neither were early declares. Uh, both have impressive athleticism, Watson, more athletic, uh, but Chris Olave, the better route runner, the more uh, sort of a, a refined technician. Is it a conversation? No. Should we talk to Alex about it? Alex loves, Alex Dunlap loves uh, Chris Olave. Me, me and Alex have Olave number one. In NFL terms, he has a number one in fantasy terms. I have him top three oh, in fantasy terms. He's your number one graded wide receiver. Number one graded wide receiver. For the NFL, NFL and, skill set. And, and putting him in New Orleans, I'm not as worried. And, and you pull up this New Orleans depth I'm chart. worried. You're talking about Marcus Callaway, Traquan Smith as being the only two competition. Yeah, that's Michael competition. Thomas. Michael Thomas hasn't played a down in football in two years. He's 30 years old. They got Adam Troutman. Yes. I don't think about, he's 30 yet. He's going to be 30 by the time he steps on the field. You talk about Winston being you know, a shell of himself, but he has that new knee. He's got LASIK. He's going to come into that new offense. New knee, new eyes. If they don't draft Malik Willis here in round two, if they don't draft anybody of requisite for quarterback, they trust Jameis Winston. And Jameis Winston, we've seen him lead the league in passing, lead the league in picks. But he's also made Godwin a t- uh, wide receiver two, wide receiver one, Mike Evans wide receiver one. It's not just Michael T- Thomas. They me. also have to feed Kamara. It's not about that. It's And again, Kamara sitting on a, a minimum of a four-game suspension right now. Hasn't even happened yet. That's the thing that people are forgetting about is this Kamara thing. I'm telling you right I mean, now. Whether you're trying to go short run, long run. Olave is going to be that guy. Olave that, is a concern. If yeah. you want to be concerned about a landing position, like, oh, well, uh, Jameis Winston's there. He's going to be fine this year. Yeah. But I mean, he's going to have to deal with Michael Thomas for the next two years. And, and it, there's very few teams with more quarterback uncertainty heading into 2023 than the Saints. All right. So let, let's, it's a conversation. Let, let's jump off a receiver here. And we have Roger McCreary going pick 35 to the Tennessee Titans. Obviously, they traded for A.J. Brown yesterday. They take McCreary here. They've, they've devoted a lot of energy to the defensive backfield over the last few seasons. Obviously, Christian Fulton last year, Elijah Molden from Washington. They bring in Roger McCreary here from Auburn, a little undersized cornerback. Um, he, he's nice. But the bigger news is here, the New York Jets trade up from 38 to 36 to jump the Houston Texans. So what does that tell you? RB1. They're looking for a running back? RB1 is going to go off the board right here. I'll bet you a lot of money right now. The Jets just jumped Houston to get the RB1. The Jets are trading up to get a running back? And the pick is in. And the pick at number 36 is number one running back in fantasy football for the rookie class of 2022. We've talked about this since 2021. What did I tell you? You said, who's the guy? I said, it's Brees Hall, and there ain't no goddamn question. The first running back off the board to the New York Jets. A great fit. Brees Hall. <laughs> running back one in the house! Paired him with Michael Carter. Fine. Yep. I mean, Michael Carter's dead. No, Michael Carter's dead. But, but again, so, so listen to this. I talked about this last year. Am I worried and, about and, Michael and, Carter and, dying? We, got, we no. got Nate over here. I mean, I am. Hopefully, he's fine trying, in real trying, life. Trying to get that back flex from the from the Clyde edwards Lair conversation. But when I had Michael Carter last year so high in the rankings, it was more so about 2021. 
Yeah. Because I think we were all on, on, on the same page as far as what the Jets were going to do with running back this year. We all knew they were going to get somebody. Yeah. Mike Carr is going to have a role. He's going to have a role in, 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 in year one for Brees Hall, yeah. his year two. They're gonna they're gonna throw passes to Michael Carter. Michael Carter is gonna be active in the passing game. They're not gonna give Brees Hall a Saquon Barkley year one workload. If you're not a first round running back, you're not getting all the carries and all the touches. No, he's gonna be a, a traditional second round running back workload, which is gonna be you know 60 percent opportunity share, and then thirty five will go to Michael Carter. Cool. And he'll have weeks. Michael Carter's going to have weeks. He's not worthless. Can we talk about how ridiculous these Jets' first four picks have been? Uh, I mean, Sauce Gardner, Garrett Wilson, Jermaine Johnson, and they trade up two picks to get the number one running back. I mean, it, I know this is a, a stretch, but Jermaine Johnson is at least one of the best edge rushers, right? You could easily see Jermaine Johnson being the second best edge rusher in this class because to put him ahead of Kayvon Thibodeau would be weird. But you same, could absolutely see grade. him being better than Hutchinson. I gave them the same exact grade, 8.91, player number two, player number three, in my last big board iteration, and that was because I think Jermaine Johnson mirrors Daniil Hunter, and he's got draft capital Daniil Hunter didn't have, which doesn't really matter at the defensive line position. Um, but Jermaine Johnson is going to go in there and start right away. Um, I think he's more pro-ready than people give him credit for. I know the media pushed him up. I, I pushed him up in the top ten because I thought, I thought that Jets pick at ten made sense. And obviously they were looking at him. So I mean, Kayvon Thibodeau. This is a, this is this is incredible to have the the one of if not the best, score. the second best edge rusher, yeah, the best receiver, mm -hmm. the best running back, the best cornerback. My God, man, my God. I mean, they did have three first rounders, so they had an unfair advantage. Mm -hmm. I think by pick in terms of efficiency, the Giants had the best draft, but the Jets. Unbelievable. And they're not making huge catastrophic mistakes. Now, if I were an NFL general manager, I wouldn't even select Brees Hall here. No way. Absolutely not. I'd much rather go Rashad White in round three. That would have been my preference, if not later, 100. someone else even later. Right. So if I'm an NFL general manager, I'm not burning a second rounder on a running back. So, you know, the Jets aren't fully enlightened yet on, on the best use of draft capital. But if you're going to invest in a running back, uh, make it Brees Hall. Make it a player that can affect the passing game in a positive way, and, and he will. It's going to be great. This is the one, and it's going to be great. That's just wild. That the so the Houston definitely had him on their radar. We've talked about Houston between Hall and Spiller. Obviously, they have Marlon Mack. I, I really this like is, this. Saves like, Marlon Mack. I like dude. what the Jets are doing. This saves Mack's relevance until the yeah, because because in, in this Texans pick comes up number thirty-seven. Onan's guy, Jalen Petrie. Comes off the board, number 37, Ooh, safety. I like that. From Baylor. He's a first-round talent. In-state guy. So Houston, oh, yeah. Houston State, in-state, the last two picks, they go Kenyon Green, Texas A&M, Jalen Petrie from Baylor. Petrie had a phenomenal week at the Senior Bowl this last this last uh, February. Yeah. And he, he rolls up boards very, very quickly. Uh, on and vouch for him to be a round one pick. Obviously, first five picks in round two is, is exactly that range. So uh, another great pick that they've been he trying also, to – He also can play if they if they have a, a, like a pickup basketball game. He can also play point guard. The Petri dish. <laughs> no, but they've been trying to replace the the Jamal Adams role for a couple of years now. Obviously, they had Marcus May. Marcus May's gone. They have Ashton Davis. Now they pair him with Jalen Petri. I really like that pick. Oof. Um, I'd, I'd really be interested to see what Anand thinks about this landing spot because I know I know he likes um, Jalen Petri. Now we have another trade. Oh. The Atlanta Falcons move up to pick 37. This discussion is listening to a guy on okay. Twitter. You can find him, D. Orlando Ledbetter. Uh, he's, he's the main guy in Atlanta down there. Um, 
and people he talked to last night since they were looking up to take a quarterback. Oh, well, they better take a quarterback. Wait, Malik Willis. Wait a second. Is this happening? Could could could, could Malik Willis? Oh my God! If at thirty eight, dude, if Malik Willis goes to Atlanta, then Drake London's the wide receiver one. How's he going to jump from seven to one? <laughs> Why are you looking at me? Why are you guys? I'm getting weird looks. There were no top five wide receivers that went to friendly landing spots. So it's up in the air. If anything breaks Drake London's way with this pick, he's going to vault to be the number one wide receiver in this class. I would say, and this is uh, be honest with you. I would say with Drake, if you, if you're going to say the court, the same, question we just had out in the the hot tub in this wonderful airbnb that matt picked out here in las vegas this the conversation we had was london can jump up to be the number one wide receiver and we think that people would take him probably at 101 we don't advise it but people would probably do it yeah. if he had the quarterback like a sam howell like a matt corral move a pocket pass quarterback malik willis i think is a sideways move as far as it goes for helping london in fantasy no for the long term they have their solution at quarterback that's yeah. a big deal yeah. They have nobody right now. They have Marcus Mariota, and there's no uh, visibility into what kind of quarterback situation he's going to have for the next five years. If I told you DJ Moore is going to have Malik Willis, Time you'd up. think that's a huge upgrade. Pick, oh, my God. They trade up five oh picks. Oh, my God. And they give up a fourth rounder, an early oh. fourth rounder, to move up five picks in round two, and they take Arnold Ebiquete <sighs> from Penn State, the Just edge rusher. I'm out. They I'm traded out. I'm out. I'm out. I'm out. We lost him. We lost the pod father because Atlanta oh! Atlanta continues to do sideways shit in this NFL draft. We have Drake London going off the board at pick eight when they could have taken Malik Willis. They could have taken a quarterback. They could have taken Jordan Davis. They could have taken their cornerback of choice. They could have taken Kyle Hamilton, and they don't. They take Drake London. So then we go to pick 11 here. They pick in 15 more picks. We'll, we'll go back to Jalen Petrie because I know you love Jalen Petrie. Love that guy. But, but what do you think – about Ebiquete going here. They traded up for Ebiquete. They jumped a couple of teams up for Arnold Ebiquete. See, the thing for me is, I think it's just, it, I love the talent. Obviously, we we most of us had him as a round one guy. It's just, at this point, if you're going to be moving up in this kind of space in the draft, you would think it would be Willis. So it's not necessarily that I don't like the player. It's just, if you're yeah. Atlanta, are you now locked into Mariota? Do you think you can get Willis later? Like, what... What's the thought process? So I guess this pick will be determined by what they do next. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't nec- I don't hate the player at all. Obviously, we know how we feel about Ebi Kitty. But all right, so we talk about Ebi Kitty. I think he's what he is. Um, he's one of Mel Kiper's biggest sleepers. Um, I, I'm not on the same page as that. I think he's 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 a decent athlete from Penn State. He's not the athletes that we've been accustomed to with Awafe or Adafe away from last year. But I think Ebi will fit into Falcons because they need help. Honest to God, along the edge. I think they had 28 sacks last year, which was 31st or 32nd in the NFL. Uh, so they obviously needed that help. But again, if you're going to make this move, why not take Jordan Davis or uh, Jermaine Johnson at, at pick 11 and then come here and take George Pickens, the Sky Moore, something like that, if you really need a receiver that bad? That's what I would do, right? And I think like we've preached kind of the same thing. Um, if you're going to trade up, it's got to be for a position of relevance, which obviously this is. But that's that's a pretty significant miss in my opinion on their part right when you consider that long term they do need a quarterback and you know are they going to be stuck with their you know third fourth fifth pick in this draft when they had the assets to move up and clearly could have taken you know we would have advocated for willis here 
none of us had him as a true, true round one guy. But I mean, you know, at this point in the draft, that's exactly who I would have taken. Um, I'm very surprised that they moved up to take him here. But, you know, love the player. So I, I can't be mad about it. It's just they need a quarterback, Cody. <laughs> they, they desperately they need, need a quarterback. quarterback. And they don't need a six foot two, 250 pound edge rusher, undersized and, and not athletic. Uh, profiles is Brian Robinson on playprofiler.com. That's a third down rotational defensive end. Yikes. Yeah. And and, and I get the, the aspirations that this guy has upside, but again, he's undersized as hell and he's not an athlete. He's not Jermaine Johnson. He, he's not even Aiden Hutchinson as far as from an athlete standpoint, right? So why, why are we doing this at pick 38? Uh, let, let's talk about pick 37 before the this little run for the Bears and Seahawks and Colts happens. We yep. see a quarterback. 37, Jalen Petrie. You've been talking about him all week. You vouched for him in round one. I think it made sense. Dominated the senior bowl. What do you think about Jalen Petrie? I love his game. I think he's got – if you're going to take a safety high, they've got to be a game-changing player outside of simply what you ask your traditional safety to do. And I think he has those skills, right? He, you, you flash at the senior bowl against that level of talent and yeah. fly up draft boards. It's it's happened before with BBs where, you know, we're like, ah, like, you know, he's pretty good probably a day two guy. And then, you know, you go to the senior bowl and you go against these other athletes who we think are, you know, fringe round one guys and absolutely dominate. And suddenly you're also considered a day one guy. I personally had him as a day one guy. Love his game. Obviously this is kind of going from what Matt and I talk about a lot. This is kind of the range where you want to take a guy that you think could be an elite safety. And I think they hit a home run here, right? I mean, Houston's just stockpiling talent and obviously he's a really good one. So we got a run here on, on, Defensive players, Jalen Petrie. You said I had him thirty third in my big board. You said round one. Yeah, thirty third. We said we got forty five guys in our top thirty two. That's Jalen Petrie right there, yep. number thirty three overall. Agreed. So we see him go off the board. Abakete, we talked about, and then this asshole Kyler Gordon uh, <laughs> from Washington goes <laughs> off number thirty nine overall. Alex, oh man, to the Chicago Bears. Chicago Bears. This is their first pick in this draft, and they go after the um, cornerback from Washington, who sat in the green room all day on day one. And now he slots into that Chicago defense next to Jalen Johnson uh, and, and a bunch of other scrubs like Duke Shelley and, and just dudes that do not belong starting in the NFL. Right. Would you have went here? Would you have went Raymond? Um, Andrew Booth is also available at yeah. that position. Raymond, Andrew Booth, wide receiver. I think wide receiver was a big conversation for the Chicago Bears at 39. Yep. Thought, thoughts on uh, – Especially, you know, like as far as Chicago goes, they're, they're kind of in the same boat that Atlanta and Houston are just plus a quarterback, yeah. you know, where they just need help across the roster. And I probably, if you're going to take a DB for me here, it would have been booth. Yeah. Um, I don't, I don't necessarily dislike the pick. Maybe he thought it was a better scheme fit. I'm yeah. not sure exactly why you would take him over Andrew booth, but you know, clearly that's their process. They have to come out of here with the receiver though. You can't, it can't be Darnell Mooney and nobody like that. That's, that's really the, the the red flag here and obviously you know how long are players in raymond's class gonna last at tackle in this draft obviously it's deep you know we like the edge rushers we like a lot of the dbs we like you know some of these tackles but there are only so many that are worth taking on day two and did they waste that pick right that's the thing is the cornerback class was actually had a little bit more depth in it than you would thought raymond's right there they do pick in 10 picks if you could have came up with 39 going raymond and, or or pickens uh, and then wait until 48 doing the vice versa. So you had Raymond and Pickens. 
come back and get cornerback later. Yeah. Because uh, we get so you get some freak athletes. Tariq Woolen, I think, is going to end up falling around three based on how this board's falling. Oh, around. yeah. And if you wait around until round three and you end up with a Raymond, a Pickens, and a, and a Woolen, just a different conversation than I think oh, yeah. starting out with a cornerback. If, my opinion, as far as how this has fallen so far, is the Chicago did not grasp the, the depth of the class from, from cornerback versus no. other, other two positions that, that I think we, we liked. Uh, we're walking into Seattle, though. I want to yeah. get you taking these Seattle yeah. picks. We got, a, we, got, we got a Seahawks fan in the house right now that uh, he's worried about Malik Willis going here. 40 and 41, Seattle Seahawks. Do you move off of the one of these picks, or do you make both these picks? I'd move out of one of them. I'd move out of one of them. Your hope here is that Seattle has identified whoever it is that is waiting for Willis to fall, yeah. right? And my guess is it's going to be one of those teams that probably pick in the 50s maybe even the sixties that need to move up that just don't have any picks in the middle. So I'm struggling to remember exactly who that is, but like there are, there are teams down here that potentially would trade up for Willis. Cause you have now the ability to know that someone's locked into Willis if they trade up with you and then take whoever you want with the second one and see kind of how you can leverage that. Cause I don't think anybody, you know, you might not have had him in round one, but nobody had Willis lasting till here. Right. Like, like nobody really thought that he would be able, you would be able to draft him at pick forty. That's the discussion. I mean, I know I fell for. I didn't. I didn't have him graded like some people did as the ARP, as the, as the overall number one prospect. Um, but I think I read too much into tea leaves, thinking that I thought Seattle was the optimal landing spot. I think uh, all things go into it. I think Malik Willis fitting in Seattle is the best. And now at forty versus nine, or forty versus uh, possibly moving up to number two to take him. I think you have to take him. Yeah, I mean, to me. I know Nate's not going to love that, but you know, at this point, you're you're to a spot where Willis has now fallen so far that you bet on those physical traits because a lot of what we heard was that they loved Desmond Ritter, right? Yeah. Yep. And if you love Ritter and you watch Willis, I don't know how you can, you know, you, there's a lot to like about Desmond Ritter's polish, but Seattle doesn't need polish right now. They're not competing for the next two years, right? You just gave up Russell Wilson. You got a whole bunch of draft picks. Take Malik Willis figure it out in terms of what you want to surround him with, what that ceiling looks like, get the right coaching staff around him. I think if I were Seattle, one of these two would be Willis for me, but if they don't want him, then they have to move out of one of them. Cause at some point he's going to be like, I think at this point he's being undervalued. He's better than the 40th best player in this class. These picks are taking a minute to come in and it, it only makes me wonder if they are moving off of one of them. Uh, I think there's a lot of discussion about Stingley going there in round one. Yeah. Andrew Booth, I think, fits well. Yeah. Tariq Woolen's yeah. another guy. If you're gonna if you're gonna reach for a guy, Tariq Woolen to Seattle, that 6'4, 200 pound frame would be would be awesome. Yeah. What if? What if Seattle goes Ritter over Willis? Why does he do this to us? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I don't doubt that they would. It's just should they? Does like that, I, I I my opinion is absolutely not. Does that make Ritter? QB one in fantasy. Oh hell yeah, it probably would have to without knowing the landing spots of the other guys. Yeah, yeah. As far, I mean, as, far as dynasty goes, right now, if Ritter goes to Seattle, assuming he beats out Locke, which I think we all would agree yeah. he probably will, uh, within three weeks of camp. Yeah. Uh, just as far as being a professional quarterback, which we think Drew Locke obviously struggles with that maturity. Desmond Ritter could be. You know, we talked about this. Yeah. That's why we talked about having Ritter as a first round dynasty rookie pick. Yeah. You can make a discussion if he goes to Seattle right here, pick 40, that he would be that quarterback one. Yeah. I think there's a move happening here because we haven't seen an update. It's been a hot second, right? And 
we're just waiting for stuff to come in, obviously. But at the same time, it's kind of it's appalling, right? Because you think I think everybody thought that there were going to be more than one quarterback taken yeah. last night. And then once you realize that these teams kind of have to figure out in this top 15 of round two, where are these quarterbacks going to go? How late can I actually get one if I want one? It seemed to me like there would probably be a run on them, right? And th- the concern now is nobody has any idea what anyone's doing because it's been seven picks into the second round. We have no quarterbacks taken, right? Mm-hmm. So were we all wrong and lied to about Willis and Ritter or are teams just unwilling to give up the capital to move up and they'll just take them where they sit, which to me would be ultra fascinating about what that means about their long-term prospects as quarterbacks, right? Because, I mean, we say this all the time. There isn't enough compensation that you can give up for an elite quarterback. And clearly what we're hearing, you know, based on teams betting with the money that they have, they don't think any of these guys have that kind of ceiling, which is really crazy to me. So talking about best players available, um, everybody here has asked me about Amari Barno. I have Amari Barno probably about 60 spots higher than everybody else in consensus, but the same thing for Cole Strange, so I ain't really worried about that. Sky Moore, George Pickens, receivers, uh, Western Michigan, George, and Georgia. Jaquan Brisker, Andrew Booth, and David Ojabo. You guys talked about Ojabo last week. Oh, yeah. Uh, You thought falling to 45 was a bit much. Yeah. I think it's. It, it, I think he fallen too far. Forty five is too far. Oh yeah. Um. I think you could have made a discussion last night for him to be one of those late first round guys to get that fifth year on an edge yeah. rusher. That when a big part of the Hutchinson hate is a a couple swear words I'm not going to say and b <laughs> when you turn the tape on it's David Ojabo that you watch and not Aiden Hutchinson, which you guys have alluded to. Why 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 is he why was he not a first round pick? You think because it I was think, so 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 close. The injury was so close to. I think it was the injury being that close, right? Because people wanted to see him up close and personal. Um, but if you go watch, right, if you have any level of expertise of film analysis, which I don't claim to be the biggest film dude in the world, but I think I know, I, you know, you watch enough and you can kind of figure some things out. Um, every time you watch Michigan's defense, Hutchinson's incredible. Like no, nobody is, nobody's denying that for any reason. But the guy that you see with the holy fuck, what was that? Isn't Aiden Hutchinson, it's a jabo. And he doesn't even know what he's doing yet. This is year three or year four of him actually even playing organized football. Like David Ajabo is far from a finished product. You know, you know why I like the Baltimore fit at 45? Why? Away. Oh yeah. He was friends with Away in high school. And I can't remember how the story finished out, but they, they played together in high school for like a year or two because one of the coaches said that, uh, I think one of the coaches like convinced Ajabo, like, hey dude, this other guy, kind of similar to you and he's super athletic and he's really good football you should probably play football yeah and then he comes in they end up playing together i think that would be just a a phenomenal story and b a phenomenal fit for baltimore if they got him at 45 i think it's it's just for me that the thing is and i've been kind of vocal about this but i'll say it now in full form i think that ojabo's ceiling might be the highest of any of the defensive players in this draft period yeah that includes the kyle hamilton's it's just he's so raw, and what he's done already with a Hutchinson and a Daxon Hill. You know, Michigan's defense last year was really, really good. They stomped my Buckeyes out. That was a rough watch. That was a rough – the multiple times that I had to watch, that was pretty rough. But the guy that kept flashing for me was Ojabo. And I think that at this point, you know, if you're a team – like Baltimore is a different story, and I think that would be a dream fit. But if you're a team that's not going to compete this year, go get them. Why not? Right? Like – if you're Seattle, if you're Atlanta, if you're any of these teams that have absolutely no shot to compete in 2022, I don't know why you wouldn't take him now. 
pick in for Seattle at pick 40. And they go edge rusher, not the one we just talked about wow. with David Ojabo, but they go Boye Mafe. Got a lot of buzz about the Kansas City Chiefs in round one. Boye from Minnesota played five years. He came in at about 220 pounds at Minnesota. P.J. Fleck told him he was going to be a first-round pick. Hey, four, pick, four, pick 40 over 40 is pretty much a first-round. He goes to play that edge rusher position. Uh, pick 40 is in. Uh, they're still on the clock for 41, so they're going to make this pick. Mafe, five years in Minnesota. Very strong, not as technical. And not as much upside as David Ojabo. No, no, but there it depends entirely on what you want in Seattle, right? And I think that they might have they might have thought Ojabo's injury is a little more serious than we do. Um, obviously, because we were among the first people to say, "Hey, this Cam Akers injury that everybody's freaking out about—that's an Achilles tear." We were among the first to to go out there and say, "Hey, like he may come back this year." You bet on freak athletes, of which. I think Ojabo is one, but if they're uncomfortable with the injury, I could see why they'd go Mafe, but it's just, it's not what I would do. I have multiple guys on your board that I would probably take before them. Um, not to say that I think that it's a bad pick. It's just, there are other guys in this range that I would have above. And even looking at him, we talk about the upside with Ojabo. Um, I have Barno obviously ahead of him. I think he profiles more as a Leonard Floyd, but when you look at Leonard Floyd, Boy, Mafe's best comparable is Bud, du- Bud Dupree, so I don't think they're very far apart. No. You look at other guys like Sam Williams, very underrated guy out of Old Miss. Um, Leo Chanel is another guy. Yeah, I love Leo I know Chanel's you've, I know you've liked him through the whole process. Boy, Mafe at 23 and a half years old, being a 4'5'3 athlete at 260 pounds is, is nice. But, again, the age – and, and I'm going to be honest with you. Even as a Minnesota guy, I did I did pay attention to Boy, Mafe, and he's not deserving of the 40 though. No, I don't think D- so. David Ojabo should have went ahead of him. And I'm just Agreed. being straight, straight honest with you. So I, I don't love this pick by Seattle. They get they get uh, Charles Cross, uh, pick nine overall. They come back with Boye Mafia to play on the opposite side of him. Uh, I really I really want to see if this is realistic. Really, I do, I too. I really hope this is realistic. I'm going to be honest with you. I really hope this is realistic <laughs> just so we can get some background noise from Nate. Uh, oh, it, I mean. It, just it, groaning in pain over, over Malik Willis going to Seattle. <laughs> and, 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 and If it's Redder, what do you think he's going to do? Pick 41 is in. And the Seattle Seahawks have selected – from Michigan State, running back Kenneth Walker. This is oh, and the pain you hear is the Podfather <laughs> falling to his death. <laughs> Kenneth Walker. Oh, oh my God! Is now paired with Rashad Penny, Chris Carson, DJ Dallas, Travis, oh. Travis Homer. Did I miss any more, Nate? Is that, is that all seven of them? Basically, every baggage carrier in <laughs> Seattle Tacoma International Airport. <laughs> Drew Locke is going to be handing off the ball to seven different running backs on three different downs. So look forward to that, Seattle fans. Charles Cross, <laughs> Boye Mafe, Kenneth Walker. It's safe to say that the show with Evan Silva next month is still on to melt to melt everything. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> oh, my. Of all of the fits, guys, of all of the fits that we've had that, that we're not thrilled about, Jahan Dotson to Washington is one that I'm not personally thrilled about. You complain about Olave in New Orleans. This is just awful. So, so I just as bad as it can get. I hear a question off to the side here from Alex. He says, is he still the 102? In Ooh, maybe not. Maybe not. Maybe not. Maybe I think not. You, you're going to make a lot of discussions for what we talked about earlier, Drake London. Yeah. Drake London's going to be a lot of people are going to say, this is the guy. Oh, yeah. Like yeah. Nikhil Harry thing a couple years ago, people were taking him at 101. Yeah. And I think that's going to happen. Even Brees Hall going to the Jets, that does hurt him. Oh, yeah. Kenneth Walker, obviously, this is 
this is brutal. This is worst case scenario. Drake London, I think, currently sitting with the best the best situation out of all of these rookies for fantasy right now. And yeah. I don't love to say that because I don't think he's a you know yeah a, it, a, a, he's a beta alpha. That's what yeah. <laughs> Cody talking about beta alphas, but yeah, no, we've had this discussion, and you know, it, nobody feels good about it, right? Like at this point, if you have the one hundred and one, do you feel great? about any of these. No, you don't. That's that's like that's the problem. Is like obviously we're gonna take Brees Hall. Yeah. Because this Jets all I mean, this Jets overall team, I just shout out to Joe Douglas. Shout out to Joe Douglas and Robert Salah just building a, a, a squad you know, coming over from San Francisco just two years ago. And um the Brees Hall pick I think you can still make it make a case for Kenneth Walker one going to Seattle pairing with with Rashad Penny pairing with you know Chris Carson's working out looking jacked as ever. DK Metcalf. Yeah, yeah, yikes. Nate's over here shaking his head. Like you I know he's in pain. He's in so much pain, man. I just wanna I just wanna defend myself. Hop up here, man. Let's 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 let that make all right. right, Nate, let's do this. Let's do this, Nate. Let me bring in the fire extinguisher real quick. This is uh this is Nate List, Seahawks super fan. Yeah, super uh, fan. Uh, glad we didn't take Malik Willis. Got to say, don't think that Kenneth Walker going to Seattle was the stone worst location. Rashad Penny hasn't proved himself to this point in his NFL career. Free agent, end of 2022. Chris Carson banged up, 27 and a half years old. Free agent, end of 2022. Seattle with cap problems. It made a lot of sense that they were going to go running back, somebody youthful. They hardly target the running back anyway, so his target share usage in the past game is probably about what we expect it to be. So I don't hate the pick whatsoever. I mean, I think everybody wanted them to go quarterback, but there's a reason why Malik Willis continues to fall at this point. Yeah. Oh, oh. Sorry, so you're guy. saying he's not the number one overall prospect? Uh, I don't think he's number one or number two. Um, and we're going to find out here in a second if he's number three. Um, yeah, I'm not, I'm not buying into the Malik hype, but I'm glad Seattle didn't just jump in at the project quarterback position. I. You know, Matt and I talked earlier about teams that are building, you know, outside in. They're they're adding wide receivers when they don't have pass protection. Um, it's interesting to see what Seattle's doing right now. Uh, looks like there's reports of a trade from Ian Rappaport. Uh, the Vikings are now on the clock. Oh, buddy. So what does that mean? Look, you know, the difference between me and Cody, uh, I'm not the collegiate defensive expert, so you're really going to have to carry the weight of this episode on <laughs> – 87.3% of the prospects that we uh, we talk about here in a minute. Hey, look, man, if what are the Vikings moving up for, right? And, and Is this the quarterback? Is this Malik Willis right now? I know that this is what George Pickens is is what we're getting from the side here. That's what we're hearing from, from our guy Cody, resident Vikings. We'll, we'll, we'll see what it ends up being. But, man, I mean, there, there's a lot of things they could do here, right? Andrew Booth makes sense. Um you know, we've got we've got a lot of Cody's board that, that makes sense here. You know, if you decide to go edge rusher again and go with Chabo, that would make sense. Like, there's so, so many ways they could, so many things they could do here. But I think you know, going back to Seattle, I think it's proof of the process that you wanted them to take. That there just isn't a quarterback worth it for me. I personally would have taken Willis just because I have him a little bit, a little bit above, you know, where you do and where you would have taken him. But like I said, right, and we've all had this consistent opinion, there were no day one quarterbacks this year. That doesn't necessarily mean you can't spend a day one pick on them, right? right? But there were no day one quarterbacks this year. And I think that, you know, teams figuring it out, you know, and the fact that Kenny Pickett was the only one that's gone, we're now through pick 40, right? 
it's kind of crazy. Yeah, I mean, see, Lil Paz Pickett goes goes early. We don't see Willis get selected. I'm just glad that Seattle did this. I, they know they're up against the they're up against the wall here with the contract situation. And Pete Carroll, if if you've been a Seattle fan, you know that perpetually the injuries to Seattle come down to that running back position. It's all but it's always somebody banged up. You know, it's it's always adding a third running back, playing the fourth running back. So. Uh, I'm glad. I'm, I'm glad to see a DJ Dallas. I uh, don't know if he stands a chance whatsoever, but he's still in the conversation. Seems to be some speculation that a wide receiver was drafted just now. No, no, it's Andrew Booth. Is it? It's Andrew Booth. And Cody's got to be celebrating in the streets right now. Uh, <laughs> I mean, look, we had him as a round one pick. Just about everyone consensus round one pick. Um, Andrew Booth out of Clemson is one of those guys where you know, he's not at the top of the top of the class in terms of a Derek Stingley or, you know, a Sauce Gardner. But he's one of those guys that you definitely want in round one that can lock down a side of the field, that can play man, play zone, do whatever you need him to do. And they asked him to do a lot of it at Clemson, right? They asked him to shadow guys, um, especially with kind of the slide of Darion Kendrick, you know, before he went to, you know, moved on. Um, I think Andrew Booth is a really great pick here. It's just obviously, you know, now we're just now the anticipation is building for who's going to plunge on the quarterback, right? At this point, it seems like we've got, we've had five trades up already and none of them have been for a quarterback, which seems nuts, right? right? Like right, if, right, typically right. if you move up, it's for a quarterback in this range, still nothing on Willis, still nothing on Ritter, still nothing on Corral, Howell. It's absolute gaslighting at this point. Every time there's a trade up, and the best part is, it doesn't matter who trades up. At this point, it could be a team with a quarterback, and we're like, it's got to be for a quarterback. Right, it's right? got to like, be. Everything feels like it's got to be for a quarterback, and it's crazy because coming into the draft, we talked about how unpredictable this was going to be, and now we still have four quarterbacks falling into the early part of the second round. Uh, and the question is, how how far do they fall? Because I think for a lot of people, when we looked at the five quarterbacks at the top of this class, we felt like the last of those five quarterbacks was possibly second round picks, whether it was Hal, whether it was you know whomever, Corral. And now the question is, with four quarterbacks left, either there's going to be a run in the second round or someone's going to bleed off even further by the end of this. It, it'll be interesting because... I think it's reached the point where if you believed in one of these guys, the value is good. Yeah, like we're, we're in the golden zone. So Agreed. whoever's not trading up for a quarterback, it makes you wonder what what don't they see? Nobody reached up for somebody at 32 to get a guy. We're now six picks in or so into the second round. Nobody's trading up at this point when those picks are golden. If you hit on a quarterback at pick 40, it's absolutely a mind bender. Uh, getting, uh, we're getting reactions all over the place. Oh, People know the answer. Are we gonna are we gonna leak it? Yeah, yeah live yeah. We, on the stream. We, we can leave. Be leak first. It. Uh, Giants. Wandale Robinson, which is something. <gasps> what? Which is something. They're doubling down on the Kadarius Tony pick. <laughs> Why? What? <laughs> you. <laughs> yeah, it's it. That's yeah. They're, that's uh, a super. Interesting uh, they're they're one. they're assimilating all of the Julian Edelman clones. Just slot receivers on slot receivers on slot receivers. Yeah, it's uh, this is super interesting that we went this direction. Um, I, I wasn't a big fan of him throughout any of the process, especially with the wide receivers that are still remaining on the board. What's interesting, Sky Moore is still available, right? And why in the world would you take him over Sky Moore? This is look, I'm a Rams fan. I think that's been noted a million times. Uh, last year we drafted someone in the second round that just to this point makes no sense to me, and this reminds me of that pick. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we get a we get an undersized 5'8, 180 pound wide receiver, um, you know, earlier age breakout. But this is this is a super questionable pick from an organization that's that 
it's starting to it's starting to become routine now. The the Tony pick we heard pre draft that they're like we're gonna trade. So here's what? a question: Is there any indication whatsoever that this has anything to do with Kadarius Tony? Because we heard they were fielding trade potential for Kadarius Tony. Maybe they know something's gonna happen here in the second round, so they're backfilling his position his position right now. That could make a lot of sense, but at the same time, to me, this is the first Giants pick that I haven't liked. Right, and we talked earlier about how. They had got the consensus best tackle in the draft. They got the consensus best player in the draft, if you ask us. And and then to do this in round two is just one of those. Like, what are you doing, man? Right. Like, it, it, the thing is, this is not a knock on Wandale Robinson's talent. It's very simply the position that he plays is so easily draftable on day three right. that this is just a misallocation of capital. Right. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. That that is that's a great point. Where we're talking about if you hit on a quarterback here, it's a ridiculous value for a period of time. The wide receiver position comes with a lot of busts. You you draft a questionable player, and there's a lot of guys left, and there's a lot of value deep in the draft. He's as much of a project in a lot of senses as some guys we're going to run into yeah. as we trickle into the third, potentially even into the fourth. Uh, now, what I'm seeing with the wide receiver position, I'm, I'm really interested to see honestly the final playoff. But Sky Moore was a guy that we've talked about. Pickens was a guy that we've talked about. You and I like Jalen Tolbert. That's we another do guy like that we've talked about. Um, yeah. All these guys still on the board. It, it's always strange to see what teams value what players and, and like how bold they can be on him because he was quite a bit of a ways down the list comparative to yeah. even wideouts that we probably haven't named quite yet. So um, the question is, when did the quarterbacks go and what the hell was this pick about? I think this pick was more than anything about trying to confirm their own process, right? Drafting Tony last year was by all accounts a pretty big mistake in terms of a draft capital in terms of draft capital, right? Not necessarily that we think he's a bad player. And I don't think Wondell Robinson's a bad player. It's just essentially for a slot slash special teams gadget guy, you gave up draft capital that could have been used to take a, who a lot of teams view in this class as QB one and Malik Willis. Right. Yeah. And you don't even have to take him, but hell, if you're going to take Wondell Robinson, shop the pick and go get him 30 picks later. Well, that's just, yeah, that's absolutely bad Intel and bad value. And even for the giants, it's really interesting. There's got to be something else to the evaluations of these players because you can't think that Daniel Jones is necessarily the answer. No. And a quarterback controversy would not have been a problem in New York. You bring in more talent and let the best of the two rise to the top. And I guarantee Malik Willis is going to show way more upside than we've seen out of Daniel Jones through a multitude of years in his NFL career. And he's approaching the point where somebody's going to have to pay him. Yeah. And I think, yeah, I think also this pick tells you that Tony's probably getting moved. It just doesn't make any sense for right. them to do this. If, you know, if they were going to keep both of them, it just, it's kind of an odd fit to have both of them there. Um, not saying that they couldn't work together. It's just, that's such a weird use of capital. Yeah. Super, super out of place pick and not a name that I thought I was honestly going to see uh, till much later today, if not into tomorrow, realistically by the, by the advanced metrics. I mean, look, teams make bad choices all the time. So I, I refuse to be shocked, but at 43, that's, <gasps> obviously way too high yeah. to take a guy that's as much of a project as the guy that you literally announced that you're trying to find a deal for 72 hours ago. It's not great. Why what, not? what are they freaking out about over there? I, I think it's the, I think it's the Robinson pick just in general. Oh. What's oh. happening. We're getting, we're getting in. So other people in the studio in right the now studio have right Intel now. on the draft. We're trying right. to break news to right. you guys before say. everybody else. Gadget. Gadget, you don't take a gadget guy in round two, mother. George Pickens is on the board. We literally watched Rondell Moore go. 
a year ago in Tutu Atwell. It's all gadgety. This is where gadgets are going. Look, the pick's, the pick's terrible. We all agree. It's so bad. We all we all agree. Absolutely. Gettleman phone that pick in. A psychotic moment. <laughs> that was a ghost of Gettleman pick. <laughs> At some point, I'm going to have to invite Alex on here and make this thing happen. Feel free to step yeah. in for me. You guys would be great. No, 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 no. You're good. You're good. You're good. Take over with Alex. All right. I'll give you May, a break, too. I was going to say, also, Alex, uh, we, we've got to ask him about that asshole Kyler Gordon. <laughs> I'll be here, Alex. All right. Jumping onto the stream. Bringing your laptop with you? Let's do it. Jump in. I have some uh -oh. questions. Uh-oh. Yeah, I yeah, have questions yeah. that need answers. All right, we're gonna we're gonna answer some questions for the roster watch guys here in just a second. Looks like a new trade was in. Is that the response from the studio? I don't know what's going on right now. We're getting these responses as if great things are taking place. Okay, we're paying attention to it. All right, look. All right, so live look live on the stream. We got a trade going down. Is that the story? I'm trying to break news for you. Really. We got we got intel that says that uh, John Mechie is going to the Houston Texans at forty five, uh, and George Pickens is still on the board. And Pickens is still on the board after character concerns, uh, supposedly, which nobody really talked about until forty eight hours ago. Have surrounded him and since tanked his value. I have character concerns about you. Do you? What? I. I wow. I. I <laughs> I'm not sure. I'm not. We need to get. We need to get two things out this of the way. Belly laugh right here. John. So John. John Mechie. Yeah. So you want, do you want to talk about him or talk let's about my no, no, concerns with you? No. Let's start with. Let's start with John Mechie. Okay. Yeah. Give me your your take on him, and then we'll talk about whatever apparent character concerns I have. John Mechie. So we don't have any. With John Mechie, whenever you watch him, we don't have any. We you know, we have no testing on John Mechie. Right. Whenever you look at him. Whenever I did the work on him, it was super, it was kind of super easy to see what it was that was best about John Mechie. And that was that it was really like, I mean, he was productive at Alabama despite the presence of elite teammates. I mean, it's but like, it was like, if I just look at the market share stuff for him, what, 25% of team receptions, 23% of team receiving yards, 17% team touchdowns. Of course, we know he's coming off the injury. So the injury stuff to worry about too. But he was a guy, when you look at him with his trace, I don't know, like, do you have thoughts on Mechie's trace? To me, it's like there's not, there wasn't any single one thing that popped up. You know, with some of these guys, there's just, you know, with Garrett Wilson, you, you got the, you know, you got the twitch and the speed and the pop and just the, the juice. And with Olave, you have the smoothness. And with, you know, you have the thrilling side-speed combo of, like, a Christian Watson. And with Drake London, you used to have the ability, you know, the my ball mentality, the ability to go up and get it. Like, there's – there's a defining characteristic of all these guys with Mechie. I just look at him. I was like, well, you know, what is this defining characteristic? And I look at player profile. It looks like his comp is Russell Gage. Seems about right. You know, it's like, and this is another one of these guys that's dealing with an injury. We had multiple players with ACL tears in this class. Um, 5'11, 189. Um, I don't know. You know, it, it's interesting to see that these sort of uh, similar sized players going here, but you know, expectation, he's probably a four, four guy. Um, and, you know, here he goes in this classification coming off of an injury. It's just interesting seeing which teams are willing to trade up and sort of skip around the players that, you know, based on our rankings, based on the advanced metrics that we use, guys like Sky Moore, guys like George Pickens, just completely missing. So, so Matt Kelly stepping in. Pickens, more. They're still, more. They're, they're both still Pickens, on the Pickens, what is going on? 
Well, yeah, you it's, you just you 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 look what? at the, you look at the rankings. You you look at the rankings, and it's like you know, as far as I'm just I'm looking at our rookie ranking sheet. It's like the like the difference in where we have guys like Rondale. Wandale ranked and Mechie ranked and stuff. It's like orders of magnitude. I mean, there's like a there's there, there's like a chasm of players even between these guys. When we talk about even the you know like we haven't even talked about the Calvin Austins or the Jalen Tolberts yeah, or like yeah. any of these dudes like this. Yeah. And we're, we're all of a sudden we're talking about John Mechie and Wandale Robinson. It's like it. it, it I think it goes to sh- so let's so with the Texans. So we have, we have Brandon Cooks, we have Nico Collins. Who do they even have in this? Like, are they going to put, do they want to put Mechie in the, maybe put him in the slot? I think they could probably do that because it looks like Chris Moore is their yeah. current slot yep. receiver. Yep. Who else do they, so they also have Conley. Yep. D- Deshaun Hamilton. Yeah. That just went over my head. That he, like, and I mean, and then of course, you know, it's the, like you said, Collins and Cooks. Um, but, I, you know, I don't, this trade or, or this selection, excuse me, is just, is another strange one to me, but I think it's more of a project. They might be hiding behind sort of the injury status looking at a player that went to, again, maybe they're playing off the logo on the helmet on this one. Um, but there was just guys that had so much more upside in that offense. You already have Brandon Cook. She locked him down to a new deal. And it's like, wh- why not go for a guy like Pickens who gives you true outside alpha potential rather than grab a guy that has some redundancy to sort of the capabilities of what already exists? And, and, and really, why not give uh, Brandon – and I think the better question is, why not give Brandon Cooks, who is – Right now, age he'll be 29 this season, and he's yep. one concussion away from being done with his NFL career. Why yep. you go ahead and extend him? I I, I I don't really know what the what the what the Texans are doing. I think we probably pencil Mechie. I think Mechie probably you pencil him in for if he's going to be ready to go. And I would think if Jamison Williams is going to start the season on PUP, you would think that Mechie's probably going to start the season on PUP. Both those guys at the combine, we don't have it pulled up right now with the draft. I guess Mechie's are the, are the players walking up there? Tonight, I don't. I don't so I'd, I'd like to know just maybe from the chat. Like, is he walking with a limp or is he got? Any kind of, okay, so like Jameson Williams didn't look like he was, but he didn't look like he was at the combine. But it's like, man, is I, I would think that the you know when he comes back, maybe they pencil him in to play in the play in the slot. No, 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 no here we go. There's exclusive footage of John Mechie in a wheelchair. <laughs> it's just outside sources confirmed wheelchair yeah. usage. Uh, probably start in the slot would make a lot of sense as he rehabs his way from wheelchair to walker yeah. to walking boot to two feet again. So, at, again, very interesting. And, and what always makes me curious is just why these players that are so overtly, obviously, the best potential players in a, in a position group, Sky Moore, George Pickens, why the hell they keep falling Cal- further and further? Now, Calvin Austin should have been picked before these guys. For sure. Austin's athleticism, again, guy that played primarily on the outside, battled with, you know, man coverage, one-on-one, like proved himself, even with that athleticism, undersized as well. Like, yeah, I, I don't understand it myself. So, uh, I, I, yeah, we got pick pick 45 goes in, and you're going to know these guys way better than me, Rudge. Uh, edge rusher David Ajabo. Oh, was it? I mean, you, 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 you're Cody. Told, so, so who could have told you that? Uh, so, <laughs> Back Ravens. On the stream. Ravens. It's also, I mean, talk about just you just talk about a guy that is. I mean, God, but that's, I'm talking about a, like a match as far as the type of player with the type of organization and the type of culture that the you expect with the oh, Ajabo. I think I heard Cody saying it earlier, but. I mean, my impression of it, 
from the, you know, clearly I watch more of the offensive guys and I'm more, you know, for the defensive guys, it's more the big 12 dudes that I watch closely. But with Ojabo, when you watch him, just a hair on, you know, just a hair on fire kind of, you know, player that pops off. I think that that's that kind of, I mean, that kind of, dude, guys like David, that's it's the question. It's like guys like David Ojabo are going off the board and we're talking about Wandale Robinson going. Yeah. They, I mean, so much for, so much for the Giants being this, to, to turning the page and not, I mean, so much for these guys. And one other thing, I feel like I need some armbands because my elbows are starting to they're starting protruding to, to starting the outside, to, starting to sweat. Look, is is this a guy in Ajabo? This injury that he that he had would he have gone much higher without this injury behind him? His first round guy, top yeah. ten first yeah. round is what yeah. Cody's saying on the outside. So interesting. I mean, if you can rehabilitate a player like this get 90% of what the expectation was or higher than it sounds like this could potentially be a steal. So, I mean, David Ojabo, great pick. Look, can I, can I just ask you a couple questions about Brees Hall while we're waiting? For oh, the next one? oh man. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, right. Yeah. Somebody so, asked me earlier what I was drinking. I think this is tequila and Rockstar. by oh, the way. Can I, can I get two things out of the way too? <laughs> is this- for one, for, for one, I'm, I'm, I'm officially saying it here on the, on the stream. I'm 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 gonna sue the Bellagio last night. They gave me far too many Casamigos ranch waters. I mean, I should have been cut off. I have character concerns about you for not looking out for me. <laughs> well, that was a character I mean, concern. I'm being serious. You should have looked out for me. And you should have never let me go to that dispensary. Whoa! I, that's the second thing. Too many of these gummies. Too many of these gummies. What's a dispensary? So when we were talking about this last night, all all of this going on, you've you've led me completely astray. <laughs> And, <laughs> we're, and, and we're talking about Brees Hall, possible landing spots. Did you guys know so, this is going to happen? So Brees Hall, yeah. New York Jets. Yeah. So now let's talk about it. Let's, so, let's have the same conversation as, yeah. as, as we were sort of having last night. Do you would, – would, and say, just say for reads you're after best ball. Okay. Do you, do you take Josh Jacobs over Brees Hall right now? In this current situation, I, I think because it's, my, I think it's really, Carter. really close knowing that Michael Carter is going to eat up a lot of that passing game usage. Um, that offense looks a lot better. I mean, forecasting the Jets going forward, it looks better. Uh, but I would say that it's it's damn near a push. I would probably lean Jacobs based on the usage that we saw for him last season. Okay. What about Elijah Mitchell? And, and, and we're just talking best ball, redraft, underdog stuff. Yeah. Uh, again, I, it feels neck and neck because Mitchell's usage in the passing game was really, really less than I thought. Now, if, if, if the 49ers get through pick 93, which I believe it is, which I have pictured Rashad white going to them. And if they don't go for a pass catching running back, I could see the argument where Elijah Mitchell in terms of 2021, uh, would be the guy that I would consider taking over him with the jets. Okay. What about James Connor? versus Brees Hall with the Jets. I think James Conner is going to get the whole workload. They just got rid of Chase Edmonds. I think that that's a, that's a win in 2022 as well. I mean, I would I would easily go Conner in that case. Just again, knowing what? that, uh, in all honesty, why why wouldn't Conner be the play? He has nobody else to take any usage from him. He's used as a target. Oh! <laughs> it's a redraft ranking, for God's oh! sakes. Yeah, for, I, I think for redraft, I think, he, you know, I, I think he does make good points because I, th- I do believe that, um, you know, you know, you know, Benjamin, you know, Benjamin stinks. Uh, what about, how about this, dude? This, this might be the hardest one for you to just two, in 2022, by the way, that these are redraft rankings. Yes. To be redraft, clear. Just like early best ball stuff. Clear. Um, you JK Dobbins, you're going to, yeah. what about JK Dobbins? I, I still love Dobbins. Look, the, the problem is more than Brees Hall, the New York Jets. 
in 2022? Yes, yes. coming I, off the injury, yes. but, but they're, they're, thrilled, they're thrilled to have Gus Edwards back, who's always going to be a thorn in your yep, side. Yep. And they're even talking that they're thrilled to have Justice Hill back, who's here's, probably not going to be a thorn. Here's the thing. Dob- Dobbins is incredibly explosive. When we saw Dobbins healthy, he was one of the most explosive runners in football. Now, we know that Lamar Jackson doesn't target the running back position. We've talked about this forever. People said that he was going to do it. He was going to change his ways. Didn't do it in college. Didn't do it in the pros. Continues not to do it. Um, but if I'm looking at 2022 as a whole – if J.K. Dobbins is healthy, then to me, J.K. Dobbins in Baltimore, even with Gus Edwards as the backup there versus just Brees Hall with Michael. And Michael Carter was great. The Jets love Michael Carter. So oh, they call him young okay, MC. Here's a statistic yeah. for you. In 2021, <laughs> in 2021, only 11 running backs in the NFL had a snap share of greater than 65%. Only four running backs had a snap share of greater, greater than 70%. So the split backfield is a thing in the NFL, especially when you have a capable player like Michael Carter. So I'm not saying that Brees Hall can't have 225 carries and you know, 40 targets, but if that's being compared to one of these other players that you're naming to me now, the potential of Josh Jacobs, the potential of one of these other runners, in 2022, I would consider going with those guys because they're proven, and we're, we're seeing these teams right now are not backfilling the players behind them. That's fair! Okay. Thank you! Uh, uh, just, just, just two more, and these are going to be the two hardest. All right, let's do and it. Travis Etienne. Yes. In Jacksonville with James Robinson coming off injury. Yes. Um whole new system but Travis Etienne clearly I mean a guy probably if Travis Etienne were in this draft or if Brees Hall were in the last draft yeah. those guys would have been they would have been adjacent in rank or yeah. close to adjacent in, in rankings it, it's really it's it's really tough because Brees Hall is is going to have his target share cap we know that he's a three down back we know he's a capable pass catcher but it, Michael Carter's been so good in his opportunities that he's the guy that they're going to probably maintain on that low volume I could see Brees Hall as a rookie, seeing 64%, 65% of, of the snap share. Snaps. But but that's – seriously, that's about the ceiling. And that's not crazy to say because you uh, go back and look at Alvin Kamara. He was right in that – Alvin Kamara had about a 66% snap share. Joe Mixon right in that same range. So it, it's, not a, it's not a hot take to say that at all. Um, but when we compare these players, when we know that Travis Etienne plays for the Jaguars, negative game script's going to be on his side. We saw DeAndre Swift – Gain a ton of target share because that team was constantly trailing. I don't think Jacksonville is going to be that competitive this year. And James Robinson's injury was significant. I don't see him coming back right away. And if he does, I don't see him coming back in the similar capacity that we last saw him in. So I think in 2022, you have to go to Travis Etienne. He's fully rehabbed, we hope. We know he's coming off of a fairly significant injury. But again, I think that in 2022, at least, Brees Hall concerns me a little bit in PPR. Okay. And then finally, we've already had- well, I said I was only gas for one more versus vis-a-vis Brees Hall. Yeah. I, I just I feel like it's important. We 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 need to reshuffle some of these rankings and some of this how yeah. we're doing this stuff. So, I mean, can I even bring Ezekiel Elliott into the conversation? Oh, sure. Like, you have Zeke. You, do you have Zeke ahead of Brees? With all, with with talk, there's that's where that's forward. where to me it gets close. I think that's actually close because as long if Zeke can be efficient, then it's close. But if it's if it's lower volume Zeke, if Pollard turns it up any more, given his snapshot, and I think Ezekiel Elliott was pretty similar too. I believe Ezekiel Elliott was sub 65%. He might've been in, no, he was, he was North of it. I think he was like 65 and a half percent snap share. So I think on that snap share, he can still stay close, but Tony Pollard isn't just a guy that's taking away targets. He's a guy that's taking away red zone work, early down work. Um, so I think that would be about the point where I'm willing to consider Brees Hall over Zeke, even though Zeke had the productive season that he had. And then the final one, yeah, on the Brees Hall conversation, 
the hardest one for you when we were talking about it last night after you had completely led 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 me astray. David Montgomery. Yeah, yeah. This is this is a pretty close one um, between these two guys between David because, Montgomery because and Saul. Yeah, because the hypothetical that I proposed to you last night was let's say Breesaw goes to Houston. This feels a little bit. Uh, would would one would would Houston have been better than the Jets? For Brees Hall, yeah, yeah, I think in the long, I think in the long term, I, I feel that they would have been. But we're seeing what the Jets are doing. There's a lot of hope that the Jets are going to be better. It's just the problem is we we hold history against these teams, right? The Jets have been perpetually terrible, so we just assume that they're always going to be terrible. But with the the draft picks that they've made this year, with the running back support that they've got, if Zach Wilson, who was number one against all man coverage last season, who had an incredible accuracy rating continues to trend forward like that um it's it's not inconceivable that we could start to see a more competitive roster um but when it's between david montgomery and him that's about the point that i push back and i would consider Brees hall because Brees hall's upside is just significant to that of of uh david montgomery's and the target share for montgomery has been good not great so they get a very parallel production to me but Brees hall offers a significant upside as an athletic talent so if he, so basically what it feels like to me from, from the way that we've just sort of talked through this is after we get through the area of like the nick chubbs and the antonio gibsons the fournettes camaras up there too Yep. Probably Cam Akers and Aaron Jones are well. Well, Al- Alvin ahead. Alvin Kamara in twenty twenty two. He's probably going to miss eight games with the suspension. Do you think he's going to miss eight? I uh, that's going to make games. That's what I. It wasn't like he bet on football games on his on on, on his phone. I, I, I yeah. smash somebody's face in. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> like, so I think it, I've I've fine. heard eight games from like reputable okay. uh, writers. So he's going to miss half the season potentially. Right. So our projection our projection was it could be a, it could be a six game deal. So we projected him three games out. Okay. I would have I would have Kamara maybe around the Cam Akers, Aaron Jones spot, but you you wouldn't you wouldn't have Brees Hall uh, higher uh, than that. Uh, above what number? Above let's just say uh, running back. Say above running back fifteen. That's that's getting about to that point. It's I mean, just it's just getting about right. That's so, getting so, about in so, there. So so Brees Hall, the landing spot here actually in some ways kind of helped him, where, whereas it caved. Michael Carter. It looks like there are a couple of picks that have come in, but I, you know, these yeah, are, we should we should bring deep, we should bring Cody on, man. Yeah, let's you get know, Cody back on. You know, these are some players about, that you're yeah. definitely a madman on. I'm going to leave you guys on because you're definitely two guys with a lot more. You've been to the Senior Bowl. I guess you talk about tape grinding, stand yeah. up late. I, you know, I'm also I, disappointed I, 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 to hear that you were disappointed in me not taking well, care of you. I just, I, I just, I just, I just have some worries about you. Your know, I just feel like I got worries about you. I just feel like I, I last night concerned. I was concerned that you didn't get a good night's sleep and want to make sure you got your vitamins in your tummy. It's <laughs> doing good. All right, have a, have a few character See you later. about me. Um, so do you, do you, do you have anything to say, Cody Carpentier, <laughs> anything to say about, uh, so the Lions at, uh, at, um, 46 pick have taken, uh, Josh Pascal, and then the commanders are, uh, took Fidarian uh, Mathis with the 47th pick. Your thoughts about those guys. And I just, we just talking about this before I came on here, but I mean, we see edge, 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 or edge D line, D line, and, we talked about Detroit early on going after Malik Willis, right? Being interested in, in, in Malik Willis at number two, right? That, 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 <laughs> really, that, yeah. that Fugay's article that came out, mock draft that came out with him at number two to start the whole thing. Now they're up at 46. He falls right to the lap. All the quarterbacks fell besides Kenny, and they go Josh Pascal, who's a middle-of-the-road, you know, two above-average starting three-tech, five-tech in the NFL over a quarterback that could potentially be, you know, the guy, yeah, man, no, the guy, and then and then the same thing with the commanders. They go for Darian Mathis, who 
obviously I rate below Josh Pascoe, but a middle of the road, you know, three tech knows that that is going to play and, and clog the middle, but he's going to go up there to Washington. Who's in Washington right now? Deron Payne. It's a first round. It, it's just Jonathan a, it's Allen. It's just a smattering of first round. It's all from talent. Bama, and they go yep. straight back to this Bama hole yep. where where they're going to have Jonathan Allen and and. I wouldn't call it a hole, but not a hole, but like just like a, okay, okay. Let's add another defensive tackle from Alabama to to, to oh, clog everything. I, I, I think no way. I, th- I think go a, go get your. Go is, get your has no has way. there been all right? So we got some big things coming no here. Way. First, we had pick forty-eight. Go to Jaquan Brisker to the Chicago Bears. They take him at forty-eight over any cornerback, anything like that. Uh, there's current rumors of a. Trade a pursuit of Baker Mayfield heating up by the, the Carolina Panthers. Well, of course that was going to happen. That that was the discussion. I mean, we right? came in we we came in the day. I, I got that email from the, the you know what sports sportsgambling.com that said that Baker Mayfield was they like they had a they had a prop on a plus two hundred to be traded at some point during the course of the draft. So that was like for them to come out with that. That seemed and dude. Honestly, for the Baker Mayfield, we were having the conversation about where AJ Brown slots now, as far as in, as far as dynasty, and we were just talking about you know what what about AJ Brown now versus DJ Moore when you get past the club, you know the, the 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 two guys at the top, you get past C. Lamb, you get past the T Higgins the D Metcalfs, so DK Metcalf stuff like that. We're talking about these twenty seven to twenty nine year old dudes. Where does where does you know AJ Brown and DJ Moore probably fit in there somewhere? I lo- I love the idea of Baker Mayfield, you know, for a year or two slinging the ball to DJ Moore much more than uh, you know I would have liked the idea of you know Wash Cam Newton, Sam Darnold, any of these guys. So uh, I think that that's something to keep up with. Matt Rule coming from the you know the Big Twelve, he, he he'd seen him in college. There's probably some kind of connection there, and that, um, Matt Rule certainly you know it, it never felt it never felt like any kind of lock to me that he was going to be taking any sort of rookie quarterback here to try and save his job. That's just that's, that didn't and it, it made too much sense with how the even the, the round started. Equanu falls to you at six. Yeah, we heard the trade stuff. We had the quarterback stuff, but the sheer offensive line, defensive line, and then cornerback talent is yeah. like whoever fell to you, you had to take them. And, and I think that's why the the start of this draft started how it did. But we go to. You asked AJ Brown versus DJ Moore, and well, I think most good, most I, people said DJ Moore outside when we're talking about this. And I was more towards I think they should be identical, but AJ Brown should have a bump ahead of him. If you bring in Mayfield, I'm gonna be honest with you, I think that is an upgrade enough to put DJ over AJ. I, I mean, I like I said, I don't, I don't, I don't hate it. I, I think that the, I think that the. I think the AJ Brown stuff is tough, man. It definitely is a guy that was you know in consideration for number three. In Dynasty, you know, people had him over C.D. Lamb. I, I I wasn't necessarily on board with that, but yeah, man, it's just you you look at it right now, and you got guys like, you know, you 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 get to the Debo Samuel's, you know, deep deep Debo Samuel's twenty six. We don't don't know what's going on with him, but he's certainly in the mix up here with the kind of the younger guys like the T Higgins, et cetera, et cetera. But you know, you just and then you got the twenty nine year olds and like the Cooper Cups. You have the you know you have. You know, Devontae Adams, who's 30. You have some of these, you know, Stephon Diggs, who's 29. Um, I just – I don't know exactly where they fit in there as far as if I'm doing a dynasty startup where I would consider DJ Moore and A.J. Brown. But I, I just – I would cons- I just consider A.J. Brown so much more of the beastly or sick player um, than, than DJ Moore. But, you know, Nate made a bunch of great points last night about just the – just the fact that, you know, targets are earned and DJ Moore continues to get the, the – he continues to get targeted you know, so heavily. He's a he's a great 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 prospect, and as you know, as you're saying, still really young. He'll only be 25 this season. So 
it's a it's a tough hair to split. It's something we're gonna have to do, you know, coming out of this. There's so much rearranging that's gonna happen with happen with the dynasty rankings and happen with the best ball, you know, cheat sheets and everything like that. For, for me, you had those six guys, and then I think you have the 28, 29-year-old guys, the digs, the cup, uh, the Devontae Adams, who's even further down there. But I think after that first that first six, seven guys, then I think it's that DJ Moore, AJ Brown, Deontay Johnson, and whichever whichever way you feel. And because you just love Trubisky and Kenny Pickett just slinging that thing. But the, I, no, no, I, Deontay would be Deontay yeah. would be the bottom of those three. But you put, I think you put Mayfield into Carolina. That does help. That does help more. The AJ Brown thing. I, I think. What about what about what about Malik Willis going going second overall? <laughs> imagine if I imagine if somebody had him as like their number one prospect though. Uh, I just man, this whole this whole thing. Like when are when are more of these quarterbacks going to go off the board? What is that? This whole George, this whole George Pickens thing, this whole Sky Moore thing, this thing is starting to become pretty interesting to me. We're getting a little bit of a note here from off off the off the side. Hey, fellas, we have a guest. Matt is when the stream from where? Out, out Matt, by the pool. Matt is live. Oh Matt is live. He's joining us uh, from from, from <laughs> Stadium Swim outside of our Airbnb. Yeah. Um, Stadium Kelly. Hey, fellas, what's going on? What's up? How's that pool? Any skill position guys get drafted? Is it is Willis drafted yet? Oh, oh, you know, just an, just another undersized cornerback from Tennessee going off the board too. Is the a, chair out of the pool yet? A That's a better question. A quarterback needy team. <laughs> yeah, get that yeah. chair out of the pool. I'm, just, and then we'll I'm talk. waiting on anything to happen. Anything and any, can something Nothing's happen? Happened. Defense, defense, defense. Can Baker Mayfield happen? might be a Carolina Panther, and I and. Um, and you know, I probably shouldn't have eaten any gummies before I came on board. I love the Ojabo pick. Ojabo yeah. to the Ravens is the nuts. The, the the nuts the nuts landing spot. Nuts. We talked about it last week. <laughs> the 45th nuts. overall to Baltimore. The nuts matching up yeah. with Adafi away. Uh, we, got a, we have nuts. a new pick. Well, we have a new pick with the Saints drafting Olante Taylor with the uh, 49th pick. Saints getting some uh, help on the that? back end. Hey guys, you ready for the the, the stream to get completely tilted? But I'm yes. in the hot tub. Guess what? Guess what I'm wearing in the hot tub? Oh yeah, oh yeah. Armbands in the hot tub stream. Eat it. That's where the Eat armbands it. are. I, I've been asking for the armbands. He's been he's been struggling with some tennis elbow lately. We, we're trying to get we're trying to we're trying to get Alex. I've been asking for the armbands. All right. I need back. I, he's gone. Back, back <laughs> Look, to, he's screaming into the void. He yeah. kind of reminds me of people on Twitter who I mute. Yeah, this is this is this is ridiculous. Let's let's go back to the goddamn picks. Brisker goes to the Bears. They don't. They pass on receiver again. They pass on Raymond again. And then we have the Seattle Seahawks, the Seattle Saints. That's what I was going to say. The New Orleans Saints at, at forty nine going Alante Taylor again. Raymond's on the board. They could have added him for depth of, uh, on the offensive line. Um, Willis is there if they want to prime somebody under Winston. This makes me feel more confident about our number one receiver, Chris Olave, because I think they're going to trust Winston. And I think new knee, new eyes. I think we're going to be <laughs> just fine with Jameis. Yeah, but and you and you and you look. It's a, it's a good it's a good pick for death because um, you know as far as of course the Marshawn Lattimore still around, but I mean Bradley Roby behind him getting super old. What Paul, Paulson was it? Paulson Adebo? Paulson Adebo from Stanford. So, yes, here, I yeah. mean, what was he? A, he was picked. Was he? A, was he a third, third or fourth rounder? So, um, a little, little bit, a little bit of depth, a little bit of depth there. I was gonna, I was gonna ask you, 
Cody, since we're having these uh, these talks about uh, redraft and having some of the talks about best ball and everything like that. What about Kenneth Walker? You heard me asking, is, is Kenneth Walker going to be your 1.02 in Dynasty still? Now that he's gone to the Seahawks, it feels like we were talking about it earlier. We were going through the remaining picks when we were eating breakfast earlier, and we said what, what feels like the nut low for Brees Hall or Kenny Walker. It felt like it was one of those Seahawks picks. Um, like so, was I so? You know, like I said, I blamed the ranch waters and the and the uh, I blamed the ranch waters and the in the dispensary. You know, I I I really blame you a little bit too, just for not looking out for your friends. But um, <laughs> but other than that, I was saying last night, Traylon Traylon Burks one hundred two. Um, it feels it feels like you guys were talking about what, Drake London one hundred two over over Burks. I, I mean, I th- I think Drake London stays stays wide receiver seven. <laughs> but yeah. No, the nut Traylon uh. Traylon Burks. I and, think, and, you think he's got to be in discussion because Nate, Nate had the best take about Traylon Burks last night. And and do you know and do you know what the what the take was? How can I how can I how how can I uh, distill it down? It basically was okay. So basically, we we love AJ Brown. Yeah, and we've worried and we've all we've done is bitch and bitch and bitch and bitch about his situation and about the lack of targets and about the up and down performances and the fact that he's a what a 12 and a half PPR what a 12 to 13 point per 13 point per game guy right and, and you know we've seen the spike weeks he could go so much bigger but he disappears from games they they're, they go so run heavy like all this stuff yada 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 and so he leaves and they bring in a guy that's an, that's an exact clone of him and we know that AJ Brown's elite because he's had the elite spike spike weeks right and so they uh, they get rid of A.J. Brown and bring in a guy that's supposed to be the A.J. Brown clone. And we're not even sure if he's as good as A.J. Brown. And now we're getting so and, and now you're getting so excited about him. And you want to make him the 102? And I'm just like, oh, there, shit, Nate. Th- there's no response I mean, for it. But because- I, like, I guess that's kind of true. But to me, it's like I just, I, I just I was thinking to myself and I know and I haven't watched the Rabel press conferences. I haven't seen the John Robinson press conferences. I don't know exactly what their thoughts are about how they're going to use this guy. But doesn't it seem like they would say like, dude, we have this, he's 235 pounds. He, uh, you know, th- this is a, or, or I'm, I'm sorry. T- what, what, what did he weigh his pro day? 225 pounds, six foot two. So he was 225 of the combine. Didn't he weigh a little yeah. more at his pro day? Uh, 229 maybe. 229 something. Yeah. So yeah. But yeah. What? The, okay. Wait, 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 wait. Pick 50 in this NFL draft has just happened. The Kansas City Chiefs who need a receiver traded back. With the New England Patriots, and they drafted the fastest man. The in Patriots the traded up for Tyquan Thornton. <sighs> that is, uh, um, <laughs> what <laughs> is it? <laughs> Bill Belichick drafted another receiver. That's just another wide receiver pick for the New England Patriots uh, in the mold of uh, Aaron Dobson, in the mold of a uh, Nikhil Harry. That's that's going to be <laughs> that's going to be a uh, that's going to be a. Uh, that's going to be a pick that goes goes could go down in some kind of infamy, but we do we do know Tyquan Thornton tested extremely well. Right? He's an 181 I mean, pound version as far as of, of of Jamison Williams that yeah. that is not nearly as talented. Six two, 181, only eight and a quarter inch hands. I didn't I didn't know that. I mean, it's Baylor receivers he, he, haven't. He's a he's a they fucking Corey Coleman. Corey Coleman was more talented than this guy. Four two eight straight line I speed. Don't give it, what does Mac Jones do? Does does Mac Jones get back there and, and throw sixty yard bombs? He's not Josh Allen. Is Devonte? So what does this what does this mean for the other guys? 
Does it mean nothing for Jacoby Myers? Does it mean anything for? Does it mean anything for Nelson Aguilar? Nelson, Nelson Aguilar. That, that's that, that's this is what it means. Oh, this guy's yeah, going so, to do. Demir Bird was there two years ago. Tyquan Thornton. Hold on. Hold on. Hold. Hold the phone. Tyquan Thornton went before George Pickens, Calvin Austin, Calvin Austin the third, and Sky Moore, and and Jalen Tolbert, listen, and David Bell. Listen, un- unbe- unbelievable. Back to what we were saying about the. Uh, we have we have a Patriots fan in house. I don't know where he's at, but um, I don't think he's very happy. I think he's kind of stuck in like a, what we were like talking a, like about before the Taekwon Thornton alien mode. What were we talking about before Taekwon Thornton? I felt like it was we we were talking. Was it the AJ AJ Brown? Yeah, we we're talking about AJ Brown. Something more important than than a, than a backup receiver that runs a four two in, in the Big Twelve. Yeah, AJ Brown versus Traylon Burks, and the discussion was we like the spot right away. And it was because can, can he walk it, be the one point oh two as a Seahawk and dynasty? No, no. It's it's what we all we all wanted the alpha situation for Traylon Burke, someone to trust him in that situation. We talked about Dallas being an optimal landing spot, but they still have CD Lamb, they still have Dalton Schultz, they still have Zeke. You going into Tennessee where we saw a player can excel in AJ Brown, and and where Nate says you know he he's not going to score his seventeen points. That was an outlier season. Yes, but Robert Woods is there. He's not going to do a lot. But he's going to be a bit. Traylon Burke is going to be the, the number one in that offense. Derrick Henry in and out of the lineup, whatever it happens. Traylon Burke, even if he is 70%, my, my argument was he's going to get more targets. He's going to stay on the field longer, and they're going to use him in different ways because he's on the field more. So he's going to get more of those Debo field touches. Uh, well, that's exactly what I was going to say because what I was saying before be, be, before they they became before they came in with the news was like I haven't watched the Robinson or the Vrabel press conferences. I don't know if they said anything about it, but don't you think that they said something along the lines of like, look, we probably need at some point to take some of the wear and tear off of Derrick Henry. We can't yeah. have we, we 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 can't have him you know running those you know, we, we we paid him. We can't be running him into the ground. We're going to continue to use him. He's got identity offense. Yada yada yada. But it's like you get a guy like Traylon Burks who just gets involved out of the like look at his college tape. He gets involved in these little these little these little extensions of the run all over the place. They hand him the football out of the backfield. It's on jet sweeps. They they hand it directly to him like he's a running back, he's an up back, he's a sniffer. Out of all the they, they run the zone slice stuff where he's the where where he's the H back and they hand it to him. There, there's a million ways that you can get him involved, get the ball in his hands as a yard after catch beast. And in this year of football where everybody's so obsessed with Debo Samuel and the 10 rushing touchdowns last year and all, all the rest of it. It's like, they're thinking to themselves, look, let's, let's, let's take a guy who is a sec player who played a lot out of the slot and people were, were like, it's like everything that you, like, it was the exact comp to AJ Brown. Let's just get him and let's let Howie Roseman deal with the fact that all of these wide receivers are getting paid these big guaranteed money contracts. And AJ Brown is starting to pipe up and act like he like he wants money too. Like I, I, I mean, and so it feels like the plan is definitely to get him involved immediately. Whereas we're talking about Drake London, or or you, I mean, he's got Marcus Mariota running behind a dog shit offensive line. He's he's, he's going to be running. He's going to be running around back there like these these goddamn. These, these chickens that I let out to, to free range for my kids during the day, and when I got to go put them back in the goddamn coop, my Mariota's crazy legs, Mariota's running around back there, but they tried to try to hit Drake and, London. And, and who's going to be there four yards down the field on an out route? Kyle Pitts. Yeah, so, well, sure. So, I mean, but look, Drake London, the player, it's fine. I just, um, oh, do we really have Drake London ahead, ahead of Traylon Burks? No. And if, and if we don't have Drake London ahead of Traylon Burks, who do we have at the 1.02? Traylon Burks. 
Maybe, maybe, maybe it's the new alpha receiver in Pittsburgh. The new alpha receiver in Pittsburgh. George Pickens goes number 52 to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yes! Yes! George Woo! Pickens. Finally! George Pickens goes 52 hey, to the Pittsburgh Steelers. A blue-collar player to a blue-collar town. That's right. <laughs> the workman's wide receiver, George Pickens. Go, go, going to going to the going to the hey man hey dude that's a, that's a sick trio though I mean yo, yes see, see it to Chase Claypool but that is the yeah. definition of what I talked about earlier Drake London T Higgins Chase Claypool the beta alphas of the NFL you can have a real alpha come in the room and oh, and, and take over the room George Pickens yeah, right. put him at X you got Claypool just running downfield doing those you know the wind sprints and then you got Deontay underneath this and Najee I mean Trubisky. It, it, Trubisky, if they, they got no Malik Willis, the Malik Willis is another Malik Willis situation. Another Malik Willis situation that passed on him. Now we've got the Saints passed on him twice. Uh, the Panthers passed on him again. The Commanders passed on him again. And the Steelers passed on him again at 52. I thought Sky Moore might have fit this offense a little bit better. But that's the, George better, Pickens, that's the better point. George Pickens. Whoa. George Pickens. So, I mean, at this point, uh, so George Pickens to the Steel. But here's the thing. I mean, Matt Kelly says, what does Matt Kelly say? The Sky Moore disrespect is infuriating. Infuriating. Are, are, are those armbands wet? <laughs> do they do, do they hold water? Do they, oh, the pool pool floaties. floaties. We figured it out. That's what it is. Yeah, Aaron. Well, Got him So we did skip one pick. I, going. I, I really wish. We, I, I really wish I had some. Now you're being complimentary. Yeah. I really. Wish As I he walks some. away. <laughs> so we go from pick 50 Taekwon Thornton, obviously from Baylor to Kansas City, as that, you know, why, why the hell? First off, the, the, to, to the Carol or to the New England, New England Patriots, sorry, 51 goes Cam Jurgens, a center guard from Nebraska, six foot three, 303 pounds, 97th percentile 40 yard dash, burst score, and 98th percentile agility as an offensive lineman, interior, 41st percentile arm length. He was in conversations of going round one right after Tyler Linderbaum. It's a nice pick by uh, Philadelphia to bring him in. They're going to be able to groom and play him at guard, bring him in over Jason Kelsey in next year. So great pick from Cam Jurgens, and then they go on to receiver, like we just said, George Pickens to the Pittsburgh. Yep. Whoa! You, you, your tennis elbow is going to be fixed. Win in Vegas. Win in, win in Vegas, man. You get the, you get the, ten, you get ten, the elbow ten, pits. Tennis, right? tennis elbow is supposed to be up here, buddy. Oh, okay. Perfect. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. Got it all set. Good to go. Beautiful. Oh, and now the takes can come out of me. Yeah. Oh, the takes, the takes, the takes. All right. So uh, I, 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 I could, I could, I could, I could all right. I could all right. Why he likes all right. All right. All right. Hot question. Hot question. It's, it's great. Is, is, how far up does Taekwon Thornton go in your rankings? I can't even process this Taekwon Thornton. New thing. England, New England Patriots. So we got Nelson Aguilar. We got Jacoby Myers. He doesn't move up my rankings very much at all. Pick is in. about it, dude. Pick is in. Pick is in number fifty-three overall. The Indianapolis Colts go wide receiver, and it was somebody's somebody somebody in the industry's number three wide receiver, not ours, from Cincinnati. Senior Bowl. He left the Senior Bowl early. Oh wow. Alec oh Pierce. Alec Pierce goes to the Colts with the fifty-third pick. And to, to do, I mean, to, here's the here's the thing. The way Alec oh. Pierce, uh, one of the uh, of, uh, basically a, a miserable Senior Bowl after we were. A little bit, ha- you know, a little bit happy with his tape coming in. We were hoping to see something good from him. We we're at- certainly happy with his testing overall. So, I mean, I, I, do you have his speed scores and stuff pulled up on Player Profiler? I mean, I know that for his there is his size six three two zero eight a four four one probably 
pretty good speed score, but a, a, I, don't, a I don't I don't think 21 he's 21 year old breakout age. Yeah. Cody Cody Lattimore's best best comparable 90th percentile 40 yard dash. Like I don't think he's bona fide dog water, but but he's definitely soft dog shit at 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 you know at the least. Like <laughs> Alec Pierce, 6'3, 208. Like that's lower than a beta alpha. He's got the speed, he's got that, but what did what did uh what did Trashman say? He said Al Mozard. That's what he saw. He said like, this is this is wider round two pick fifty three overall when you could have taken Bernard Raymond who's still on the board right now. I think you, Trashman you said that he looked like Zach Wilson's creepy cousin. You, you could have taken you you, you could have taken a quarterback. There's a, so many ways you could have gone here, and they and they go with the athletic wide receiver when we talked to Chris Ballard at the NFL Combine hey, and he said he wanted Ashton Doolin, Mike Strawn, shout out and. It, Real. These fast guys, T.Y. Hilton's still going to be on the team. Paris Campbell's still going to be on the team. And they go after another fast guy uh, to kind of just be that stretch guy on the opposite side. It, we, so wheels up wheel, wheels up for Michael Pittman. Wheels up for Michael. This is not a threat to Michael Pittman in any way, shape, or form. He's going to be on the other side taking whatever he wants away from nobody. Yeah. But Michael Pittman's still. Wheels up. Wheels up. Yeah, man. Top wheels, 12 wide receiver 2022. Wheel, wheels up for Michael Pittman. I just I cannot believe that Sky Moore, Jalen Tolbert, these guys – are still on the board with these sorts of players, like Alec Pierce. I thought, off the I thought board. David Bell was a solid fit with with what the Indianapolis Colts are doing. The, yeah. put, him, put him in the slot in the Zach Pasco role. You can't yeah. put Alec Pierce in the slot in the Zach Pasco role and expect him to dominate and win uh, while you have Michael Pittman on the outside. That I just don't like that. What is it, what is the Zach Pasco role to you? Just one that causes. <laughs> 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 What do you consider that? What do you consider that to be? Um, uh, so I mean, so but as as far as the as far as the as far as the rookie, you know, as far as the rookie rankings and stuff, I am there. Oh my God! High five! Everything High five. that's happened, everything is to be forgiven. Everything is to be forgiven. Pick number fifty-four, here, wide receiver, Kansas here, City Nate. from the You're Western good, Michigan. Oh, shut up. Everything Sky. is forgiven. Sky, Sky Moore, yes. Blizzy yes. Moore, this Sky is Moore. Hey, athletic, fast, is it injury. Can he catch yes. footballs for Patrick? Yes. There it is. Adjust, yes. adjust your rankings. Yes. Adjust, adjust, adjust. Your rankings. Yes. adjust, adjust, adjust. Yes. Adjust, adjust, adjust. Sky Moore's ceiling is the sky. Wow. The number one wide receiver landing spot goes to Sky Moore, the guy we've been waiting for to come off the board. I had him number four in NFL grades. He's fallen to now number, I think, nine or ten as far as receivers that come off the board. We saw the run of a Tyquan Thornton go to the Patriots. George Pickens goes to the Steelers. Alec Pierce goes to the Colts. And the Chiefs finalize this little wide receiver run by taking the best of the damn bunch. Nate List, what do you think about Sky Moore to the Kansas City Chiefs? It's a great fit overall, and I'm 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 so happy to see it. Look, there was concerns that Kansas City wasn't going to get their guy after they didn't trade up, and we saw the run on wide receivers. But this is exactly what you would hope to see: a team basically letting the ball come to them. I mean, didn't have to do anything crazy here. Didn't have to change any of your draft capital or trade it in to pull off any move like this. You get Sky Moore, a guy that you know PFF graded out one of the highest in all of college oh my football. God, this is amazing. Total monster. After the catch, I mean, guys, incredible player. Um, and going to be absolutely a handful at the next level. I know he can play inside and outside. He's a guy that's been primarily pegged as a guy that should be in the slot. But I think that that's still a spot that we're going to see Juju man down probably the most. It's the best fit for him from a skill set perspective. 
But a lot of the scouts that I listened to said that with Sky Moore, he was a guy that no matter what film they watched, when they saw him in press coverage, nobody could get their hands on him. They couldn't touch this guy, and they think he's going to be exceptional already. When I asked this guy at the Combine, and, and he, he graded up with the number one dog score over George Pickens mm-hmm. in, in this class for me at, on the offensive side of the ball, mm-hmm. when I asked him at the Senior Bowl or at the NFL Combine, when you get the ball in your hands, what are you thinking? He said, when I get the ball in my hands, I, he goes, I don't want you to touch me, and I'm scoring. And that was his like mindset. Every time I touch the ball, I score, and you don't touch me. That, yeah. That's his mindset yeah. when he goes into every single play. I mean, Sky Moore, I put him in as far as NFL ranks. I had him number four. I love that spot for him as far as a talent and, and a guy that we think can win early on in his career and be, and be a help to an offense, kind of like in, in the realm of a, of a Godwin slash Jarvis Landry type player. Uh, best comparable to Golden Tate slash Christian Kirk on playerprofiler.com. Um, and I think it's a it's a good fit. I don't think it's a great fit because obviously we talked about Juju, Nicole Hardman using those inside out rolls and, and the speed. And, and Sky has that speed. But the question now is who's the alpha wide receiver in Kansas City? We, you have Kelsey, but you have a lot of under a couple of undersized guys in Sky Moore. Juju is Juju. You can't put Juju as your ex. Is, is Marquez Colston gonna Marquez Valdez Scantling gonna be that outside receiver? That they look for? No, I think he's going to get opportunity. I, my question is what they do with Sky Moore. We saw Juju Smith play on the outside with A, B, and he did a good job given his opportunity. He had some great production on outside, uh, you know, uh, position deep targets. We expect him to go into the slot. He's only on a one year deal with Kansas City, by the way. So if Kansas City's looking ahead a year at a player that's now got a four year contract that can play inside and outside, can give them some of what they're hoping to get from Juju, it makes a lot of sense because one thing we rarely talk about is sort of what, what the long game is with some of these players. And, you know, we realize, I believe that Scantling got three years, 30 million, I think was his deal. Juju just got a single season. Um, but the depth of this roster, I mean, you, you blink, Tyreek was gone. You know, uh, Kelsey got older. Miko Hardman's not necessarily fired quite yet. They patched together the side of this boat after it fucking hit an iceberg. And now they're trying to make this work. I I, I like the pick. We thought he was going to go way earlier than this. So I think it's a great value. Um, with a guy that could have a ton of upside. And imagine if we look back in three years and Sky Moore and, and Patrick Mahomes are this crazy tandem that nobody ever expected Amazing. to see. But I, it, it feels redundant with Juju. Because I think McColl can be used all over the formation, but it feels redundant with Juju, so it makes me think that maybe they're going to put Juju on the outside more. Um, but again, I agree with you. you Sky Moore, where you look, you could look back, and Sky Moore could be that dude in this class. And this next pick, I, I don't really quite understand, but I'm going to ask you this one from a tight end position because tight ends kind of been one that a lot of the fantasy side of football has ignored uh, over the last probably month because we're like, ah, oh, this tight end class, you know, it's not Kyle Pitts from last year. There's not really a ton of talent here, but um, Trey McBride was at the board, middle of the first, middle of the second round, 55th overall to the Arizona Cardinals. They already have Zach Ertz there. Uh, they bring in Hollywood Brown yesterday, DeAndre Hopkins. Trey McBride going to Arizona versus a Tampa, a Giants, where they need a, a guy like Trey McBride to come in and be the kind of guy that can take away the center of the field. They, they just, I think they just re signed Zach Ertz three years, 18 million. Yep. How do you feel about Trey McBride landing here in Arizona? It's interesting when you've already got Ertz there, and I never really pegged Arizona as a team that was planning on running two tight end sets or you know really leaning into that because we go back just a couple of years, we thought that this was a team that was going to build around Isabella and Rondale Moore. You had this passing game out of the backfield because we've seen Edmonds used and obviously Connor now. Um, it, it's really strange with Ertz because I think Ertz played really well last year. I think he played well enough to be a guy to have some positive, you know, 
uh, thoughts about going into this season as well. You know, it's been an odd off season with Kyler Murray, and it seems like a team that's really just trying to stack weapons. And when you look at the wide receiver position, it's really been cleaned up. Short of Jalen Tolbert, who's one of my last favorite guys, if this was a team that was looking for skill position players to make a difference, then this is probably one of the best players they could have taken. From a skill position standpoint, I agree 100% because you really don't go back to wide receiver with you got Hollywood. You're going to trust Rondale. You got DeAndre. Probably not going to go running back. I think they could have won offensive line. You could always go linebacker. Um, but again, I think Trey McBride, that really does elevate your offense, though. You can use you can use those two tight ends. You can use Hollywood on one side, DeAndre on the other. And, it, and you can use Rondale anywhere in the formation. So sure. it, that does – it does make a little bit of sense to me. I don't I don't love it though for the tight end market in this class. I think it leaves the door open for a Dulcich, a Grant Calcaterra to come up and, and take away that number one tight end spot, depending on landing spot. Like I said, Tampa Bay, Green Bay, somewhere like that, where they're gonna get used. Now there's a question at tight end, but in these rookie drafts that we do, you don't see any of these guys go off the board before the late part of the third round. So it doesn't really matter, and it's only gonna push them down even further. So you're gonna get value if one of these guys does end up in a starting spot. Yeah, and, and this is a guy that had a pretty prolific final season at the tight end position, which typically when you look at these tight ends coming out of college, they're 44 catches, 520 yards, not these explosive numbers that we see from wide receivers. His production, though, has been so yeah has been so great. And we know that Kyler Murray is an, an incredible passer. I mean, if, he, yeah. if he's got the time when the weapons are healthy, Kyler's been I mean, one of the best deep ball, one of the just pure passers in the league. They, they played Antonio Wesley or Antoine Wesley last year. Right. They just added Hollywood Brown right. and Trey McBride right. in, in 24 hours and only got rid of Christian Kirk. So, I mean, technically, it depends on what they pay Hollywood Brown. Save, save well, money, it's you know. it's going to be right where Kirk's getting paid, right? I can't yeah. imagine. Kirk got a crazy deal. He got $20 million a year. That's going to be the big tell, though. Yeah. The big tell is going to be how what much they, they actually have to pay him. Uh, I mean, just just speculating. If we're seeing if we're seeing guys like AJ get twenty five, and we're seeing Adams and Hill get a little more than that, I imagine he's probably in that 22, 20, 23 range. Twenty twenty two, yeah, something like that. I mean, he's got it's got to be right at Kirk or more. I imagine probably a little more. If they didn't want to pay Kirk, why would you pay him now after giving up capital along with it? So we're sitting here, pick fifty six. We're looking at Dallas, Buffalo, Falcons, Vikings. The next four picks. Uh, Tampa Bay is at 60. Uh, Isaiah Spiller is still on the board there. Um, it's N'Kobe Dean, as far as the, the board goes, N'Kobe Dean from Georgia is still available, undersized, six foot, 240-pound, 230-pound uh, linebacker from Georgia. Bernard Raymond uh, from Central Michigan. But when you look at the skill position, we talked about this guy over the last few days. Jalen Tolbert is still on the board. David Bell, Greg Dulcich, the other tight end, is on the board. Rashad White, Isaiah Spiller. Uh, there's still some receiver talent on the board. If a Jalen Tolbert goes here to the Dallas Cowboys, how, would that be a, would that be a nice spot you like? I mean, you always want these rookies to end up in a spot that's that's got a you know a, a really high upside offense with a quarterback like Dak Prescott. Of course, I don't want him to go there because Ceedee Lamb's already going to deal with Michael Gallup, right? We don't need more weapons, and I actually want to see Jalen Tolbert hit his trajectory. So I'm going to say no because I want to see more from him. If he ends up in Dallas. I don't think we ever see the player that we were expecting to see. Also, Jalen Tolbert's a guy that's, what, 23 years old already, I think. Four-year guy out of South Alabama. Stood up, you know, stood out at the all Super right, Bowl. All right, all right, We're going to do small school thing now. What? What's wrong with this? I actually like Tolbert. I'm in support of him. I, I don't understand. This is the first time I try to cape up for a small school guy. You got to bring <laughs> this up on the show live. With people in the chat. I've been, I've been commenting this on you for the last year and a half. I had to do it live. It's it's unbelievable. The one time I try to support a small school guy, get back to the little guy that's taking out small student loans for that education, <laughs> and I get accosted live at the table. Dallas Cowboys do not go Jalen Tolbert. What? I wouldn't imagine they would. 
What'd they do? They go edge rusher, Sam Williams from Old Miss. Hey. A sleeper. Third best available in my top five right now. Sam Williams is an underrated edge rusher as far as it goes from this class. Uh, this is this is part of the depth in this class is just having Sam Williams be here. 6'4", 250, runs in the 4'6", I believe, low four, high 4'9s. Um, uh, Sam Williams is going to be able to come in and start literally day one for Dallas. We need a little bit of depth along the defensive line. Uh, there's not a lot that can be said about him. He didn't have enormous output like the guys like Hutchinson and Thibodeau did at the top. But this is a position that Dallas needed. Uh, Sam Williams was linked to Atlanta and Dallas the most, and he ended up going 56th overall to Dallas. Um, a consensus, he was a mid-third, fourth-round grade. Um, I had him as a mid-second-round guy, uh, 50, 50, 34th overall on the big board. So it's, right uh, it's good to see Sam Williams go off the board at 56. N'Kobe Dean is still sitting there. They could have paired him. You know, uh, Leighton Vanderetch is gone from Dallas. Well, they did bring him back on a smaller contract, but – Jalen Smith is now gone. Micah Parsons is there. They could have brought N'Kobe Dean in. Instead, we're looking here. Buffalo's on the clock. Atlanta, Vikings, Tampa. Okay. Four teams. So here's a question I'm going to ask right now. So who's on the clock right now? Tampa, Atlanta, Vikings, Tampa. Tampa's got two picks. Mm. Mm. And they got Leonard Fournette on a two-year deal and Keisha and Vaughn on a prove it. So are you thinking there's any chance that – are you making some sort of play here at running back? Is that the assumption that you're making right now live on the stream at pick 57? So are you saying that it's Isaiah Spiller? Wait, wait, wait. We got a trade here. Now, the, the, tra- Bills, the, Bucks, so the Bills the, traded up. That's what I thought. Bucks traded up. Bucks oh, the traded. Bucks traded the Bills. Okay. So that's why I said Buffalo – Tampa had two picks because I'm showing Tampa at 57, Atlanta, Vikings, and Tampa at 60. It turns out Tampa was moving up to 57 okay. with Buffalo. So Buffalo dropped the 60. So it's probably not a running back So here. Tampa jumps Atlanta – and the Vikings. Atlanta could be had for a running back. Yeah. Could be had for a defensive lineman, a corner, yeah. a lot of positions. Receiver. Vikings, you talked about running back yesterday. The other person they're looking at is the defensive line position. Let's see where the Buccaneers jumped up three spots to grab. That seemed like a bigger need to you. I mean, we know that we're getting some rehab out of that wide receiver group, but they still have Mike Evans, Leonard Fournette, some time left. Grabbing their offensive lineman. I mean, okay, and, and that makes sense, especially if Brady's going to come back, be a part of this team, need some pass protection. They're going to try and run it back, um, you know, get some receivers back here during the season. So it makes a lot of sense. Why, why pull why pull the trigger when you know you're going to get – you have running backs in that backfield. Leonard Fournette is an absolute tank. I know injuries happen, but that guy's been an absolute rock. L- loves physical football, and he's been successful to this point. Great fit with Brady. So – it would be an unnecessary pick outside of depth. And I don't see anybody better than Fournette right now. You don't expect Spiller to step in and be a better player than Fournette. I don't think that Rashad White necessarily comes in year one and plays any better than Fournette. So I don't know that it's worth it for them when they can pull the trigger in 2023 if they have to backfill running back or a late guy. So Tampa Bay does not go running back. Typical. Again, they go oh. offensive They go offensive line. And okay. my thought would have been Bernard Raymond – Donovan Smith is at the age where he can be pushed inside. Drafted back in 2015, you have Tristan Wirfs there at right tackle. Tristan Wirfs could probably move to left tackle right now. Raymond fits right in at right tackle. Raymond needs some time. So Raymond can afford six weeks to sit behind a Donovan Smith. But Mm. they don't go that direction because Tom Brady is in win-now mode, so you don't take a backup tackle. You take a starting guard. Aaron Stein, he's slotted in left guard right now. Uh, They lost, uh, was it Ali Marpet? Was it Ali Marpet? Alex Kappa. Alex Kappa. They lost Alex Kappa to um, – God, I'm losing it right now. 
What? The Bengals. The they lost Alex Kappa to the Bengals, so they bring in Luke Godacki from Central Michigan, another guy that played uh, with Bernard Raymond, not Bernard Raymond, played with Bernard Raymond at Central Michigan. He goes uh, to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and slots right in at left guard. So it's, it's a nice pick. It's not a great pick. I think I still would have went Raymond, though, behind this. I mean, obviously it's a need. Any Anytime you can fill one of your you know players in with somebody that's got to protect your passer, especially with Brady Wood. Is Brady going to be 44 this year? He needs linemen. He needs linemen. Absolutely. They've got the receivers. They need to rehab this offense a little bit again with, with injuries. But there, there you go. It, it makes sense. This pick, though. Can, 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 can we get this out of the room? Because we've been talking about it for probably an hour. Malik Wilson. I was going to say this already. Malik, listen. To, to whoever out there thought that Malik Willis was going to be an absolute stud in the NFL, to all these people that had spreadsheets that were claiming that this guy was absolutely elite and we didn't know what we were talking about when we were saying that he wasn't as good as people thought he was and that playing at a small school, we were going to negate it. Nobody was going to care. We were going to discredit Matt Corral's SEC production and we were going to say, no, I prefer the production from Liberty University continued to say that through and through. And here we are going on pick number 58. And if the Atlanta Falcons, how much does pass on them again? 60 picks and only Kenny Pickett. And it's, it's very possible. Here's what's really crazy. How far do these guys fall before the league goes? Yeah. That's oh. about what their value was as a starting quarterback or as a backup. Are we going to third round. What does that even mean? That's that's sad. Drew Locke was round two, Right. It's a hell of a fall. And there are so many teams in the league that could use help at quarterback or at minimum need to bring a quarterback in to compete with the starter that's, that's already there. That's the best part is that they haven't brought anybody in to compete. Yeah. Davis Mills is yes. still in Houston. Mariota is still in Atlanta. Mariota has made multiple picks. Seattle's made multiple picks. The Giants have made multiple picks. Yes. All the Saints have made – everyone's made multiple yes. picks taking guys that are borderline starters – Versus taking a quarterback that everyone is perceiving to have this astronomical upside. He's still on the board of pick 58 now, going on the Falcons. Vikings 59. We began the day with Malik Willis being the, the second favorite and then becoming the favorite late in the day to go 34th overall in, in certain sports books. Well, here's what's weird to me. You can't you can't necessarily it's it's a character issue or anything with these guys because we have four quarterbacks that are falling. So it's not like it's one guy being separated from the group. It's literally four guys in unison are falling down the board. And I love that you mentioned teams like, like Houston with Davis Mills. Like you have so many teams that are deficient at starting quarterback and literally still nobody's like, ah, fuck it. I'll burn up a late second round pick on this guy. Still, they are nuclear sludge and nobody wants to touch them. It tells you a lot. It tells you, it tells you more than we think we think. Or we think we thought. We think we thought. Pick 58, Troy Anderson. This guy is one of the alpha athletes in this entire class. Six foot four, 243 pound linebacker from Montana State. Talked about as a third round pick. Uh, now goes here in round two. This guy played running back, quarterback, and linebacker at Montana State at six foot four, 245 pounds. Ran a 4'4", 240 yard dash at that size. That's 99th percentile, 100th percentile speed score, best comparable to Kenneth Walker. Troy Anderson is going to fit. Very, 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 very well in this Atlanta Falcons defense next to Deion Jones as he ages out. I know you don't talk a lot of defense, but you got you got to give it up for an athlete. 6'4", 243, running a 442 at linebacker. This guy played literal running back at quarterback at Montana State. What what percentile did he fall into? 99th? 100th percentile speed score. 440, 4.42 at 242 pounds. That's a monster, dude. 
Troy Anderson played running back, and that's what I'm saying. I've said it three times now. Running back and quarterback and linebacker so at if, Montana State. If this doesn't work, is he going to be a tight end? Is that what's happening? Might be, but he should be a good linebacker. Let's do it. Trey Anderson goes to Atlanta Falcons. Atlanta Falcons finally make a solid pick after after they kind of you know go Drake London around one, which I was not a huge fan of. Again, another team that needs a quarterback passes on Malik Willis. I don't know what to say. Now, here's the thing. Your rookie drafts are completely fucked right now, everybody. <laughs> I just want you to know that you were you were coming into the day and you thought that you were sitting on a treasure trove of potential in this 2022 rookie class. Good scene, buddy. And it's an absolute <clears throat> fucking shit show now. <clears throat> Matt Kelly back on the pod. <clears throat> Listen, all can we just all the fucking quarterbacks are falling. There it's a it's it. a it's a barrel race down the hill. Everybody's inside of it. End over end, it's a race to the bottom. Who gets there first? Have you been watching Cody's Best Available and noting who's not on there? What's the name you haven't seen yet on the Cody's Best Available scroll across the show? I haven't seen Malik Willis. You don't see it. Because when you're grading these players, according to historically how good they are vis-a-vis other players of their position and the value of that position, yes, Cody has other guys graded higher. He's just going with his grades, man. In fact, my argument to Cody was that you need to focus less on what other people are doing and what other beat reporters are saying. And if you tune down the noise a little bit on the speculation on certain players and you follow your own grades in your mock drafting, he'll be even more successful because Cody's grades had it right. Yep. Right. Cody had guys like this. Cody's Cody had guys like Sam Williams around ahead of consensus and yeah. boom there he goes yeah no i dude, C- cody's absolutely right nailed it with this uh I, you know again we had people that in, in the industry were were far too bullish and i get it look you you want to believe in your takes but at the same time it pays to be a little spicy it pays to put a little bit of that chili powder on top of whatever it is that you're eating and i understand why people do it right you're trying to make waves you're trying to make commentary but in your heart of hearts did you truly believe that malik willis was a top five guy only because the noise, which you told Cody to minimize. I, I've heard, I, I heard as high as two. A lot of people had him going, teams trading up to get him at two. You know what? That's too high. And that's <laughs> too high. That was too high. But it, when you actually look at his skills, I mean, he could be awesome in the league, right? This is about where Jalen Hurts was drafted. No, right? I look, I. Don't get me wrong. I agree. And the ceiling for him, clip it, Cody. And the uh, the ce- the ceiling for him was always Jalen Hurts. But here's my biggest concern, and I've said it before, and I really want to talk about this. The noise that gets no, 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 made. No, no, His ceiling is not Jalen Hurts. He has a much stronger arm than Jalen Hurts. Okay, sure. He has, no, his, Jalen his Hurts ceiling, is, wait, wait, wasn't Hurts' arm decent, though? No, his ceiling is like uh, Michael Vick, Josh Allen combination. Not with this draft capital. <laughs> yeah, but but second round. So also wait, some Wait a minute, Jalen Josh Hurts. Allen and Michael Vick. Dogwater Mariota. Is that his nickname? We had another this, player go off the board, water, and these aren't thing. guys. I don't agree I, with this. I'm with Andy. I don't agree with this dogwater. Well, I told him. I, I said, how do you know they're dogwater if you haven't looked in the bowl? Ed Ingram. Ed Ingram, the famous guard. Ed, Ed Ingram goes to uh, the, the Vikings. I, I love Ed Ingram. It's just Ed Ingram. Ed. Anytime someone's named Ed and they're a guard, it's perfect. You know my middle name like is Ted? Edward? Ted Karras. What? We're, we're getting reports that he has no neck. Yeah, he's he coming no, in. Ed Hold Ingram, on. guard Ed Ingram. No neck is what he said. If there is a guard at Ingram, he has no him. neck. If, if, yeah, when I said, you know, it says OG over there, now I 
I didn't realize it wasn't original gangster. I see he's an offensive lineman, and you might know more about him than I do. Listen, all I want to tell people is there was arguments made by a lot of a, a lot of uh, super flex aficionados. Super flex aficionados. That Malik Willis should be the one on one. Well, that was the thing that people said, and what was my response every time someone laid that? I remember showing it with Josh Larkey. He's like, "Why don't? Why wouldn't you just get it over with and have Malik Willis at one on one? Look at look at you know." Most recently, look at Jalen Hurts and his ascension up mm -hmm. the Superflex rankings, and that could easily be the same for Willis, and he's probably going to go a lot earlier in the draft. And I said, can we just let him get drafted in the first round first? Ooh, and then someone Willis? else was like, well, i got to get it over with and put him ahead of Brees Hall. And I'm like, can we let him get drafted in the top 10 first? Like, remember, Malik Willis's over-under draft slot was 9.5. We are currently at slot 60. There's nothing I can say about this. It's not a crazy fall to me. He's falling out of a second. We are, hold on, we're one, two, three, four. By my math, we are five picks from Malik Willis literally falling out of the second fucking and round of the NFL draft. No, it, I, I'm saying even if, even, even if, I don't care. Even if, I'm still, I still want Malik well, Willis. I don't care. Dak Prescott was a fourth round pick. I still want Malik Willis. Look, Dak Prescott. In Superflex, I want. I'm taking a discount but, on Malik Willis. But here's the thing: Dak Prescott's profile was significantly better than Malik Willis's collegiately before this. He well, ended up hitting I Russell mean, Wilson's his third production round guy. profile was. Yeah, sure. Well, was. doesn't that matter? I feel like that's the reason that Willis is falling. People were like, no, you know, the, the scouts were like, no, this is the guy. He's got the arm. He's got no. the legs. He's good looking guy. He's charismatic. No, and they're yes. like, well, what are you doing? Congratulations, everybody. And they fucking googled it, and then they went to. PREF to find it, but you couldn't find his, his college stats there because they're like, no, you have to go to a smaller fucking website to find his stats because Liberty was we so had his stats. You might be the only one with his stats. We have stats. They're handwritten stats. Playerprofiler.com. Liberty. Listen, a screenshot of a spreadsheet. If, if I'm drafting at the 107, 108, 109, 110 in Superflex, there's going to be some Malik Willis. And that's a great thing. We can celebrate this. If he goes into this. the third round, let someone else go in and, and draft one of these wide receivers that landed in an awful situation, and 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 stack it up. Hall, Walker, receivers. I'll jump in. Pickett will go right. Pickett will go. It'll go. Hall, Pickett, Walker, Hall, Walker, Pickett, and then Drake London's going to go, and you're you're going to get Burks going. And I'm going to be like, um, excuse me, I'll take Malik Willis. Because you, he's awesome. You're literally. I you, still think listen, he's awesome. Hold on. You could step in dog shit and make it sound like it's a good thing. I still think he's awesome. Just because the NFL general managers that need quarterbacks up to this point don't get it with Malik Willis doesn't mean he's not great. What do you mean? There's 32 teams. It's not one bad think GM. Think about the teams that are that need quarterback. It's Atlanta. You it's know, Carolina. Okay, well, hold on. Think about this. How many teams have scouts? How many scouts went to all the events, all the game, did all the due diligence, and he's literally going to fall out of round two if he even has a smidge of the potential that you think he has. Either every team knows Washington, where he stops you at. trust any of those teams to know what they're doing? No. I do, I do, because here's the thing. How many teams, here's the thing, at some point he's a value. He's slipped past so many rosters that could have used him. He's not getting past the Lions at 31. But, but hold on, but hold on. Let's make this point too, because Cody and I talked about it. We can't put this... He's not getting past the line. The wait, was there a trade? Oh, that's the Bills. Oh, wait, that's not the Lions. That's the Bills. That's a oh, wait, that's a Buffalo, not a Lion. Oh, my God. Wait, he's not going to go in the second round. Okay, so back to the point that I've been oh, making no. for 15 minutes. Oh, no. I thought that was a Lion logo. 
Oh, man. It's I a gotta, little buffalo. You can see it's squint. jumping no, and it's got a I big know. head and a big back. No, it's blue. I, I It's got, got a red damn line. It. Oh, he's going to – he's Unbelievable. Gonna, someone trade up to get Malik Willis. Get the him the second round capital. Shut the stream off. Get him ahead of Corral. Unbelievable. This is what I'm saying, though. They're all falling in unison, other than the fact that you thought that a buffalo looked like a lion. The four guys are falling all together all at once. If you had to pick right now, who's the last guy that gets picked out of Corral, Howell, Ritter, and Malik Willis? What's the I last it, guy? Given where we're at, I think it's now possible Sam Howell's a nice quarterback draft. I think it's very possible it be because what, what 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 they're telling us is I would love it. Our fascination with Malik Willis wasn't the NFL's fascination. Like fantasy gamers, it was and, my fascination. And, I, no, 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 and, no, no, no. and NFL general managers, the word we is not. No, no, no. Listen, they were no. like small school guy with incredible mobility last year. We were on him, and the NFL was on him. Trey Lance, he played on. He played at a small school. Willis, not so much, right? And then why are we on Desmond Ritter? Because he has four or five wheels. NFL scouts could evaluate Desmond Ritter and go, he doesn't elevate his team. He shrinks from the moment. He has a weak arm. He's not a day two pick. You guys are insane. You people, his line was 30.5 in the sports books. The sports books are insane. You guys don't know what you're talking about. The one guy that actually came out after three years, graduated early, smart, athletic, big arm, great instincts, rushing yards, Sam Howell. I agree. No, Sam Howell showed everything too. Age adjusted early production. Like you said, he's got he's got all the talent in the world proven with you know elite players around him or high-end players around him. Then he loses those players for a single year. We see a little bit of his production change, but we also see that rushing floor come up. Here's the question: is there any chance if San Francisco has doubt in Trey Lance that they would take a quarterback at two and make Lance an available player? <sighs> I'm just throwing Man. that out there. If I mean, there's any ch- the somebody, rumors that the rumors that are coming out that Trey Lance somebody tweeted is a if they flawed thought, player, he's a flawed quarterback that he, he he's maybe not fixable is it's just like whoa this I don't believe it. Somebody like, said, I don't believe that Trey Lance is bad. I don't believe those rumors, and I don't believe that Malik Willis is bad. I believe they're both good. Hear me out on this. Somebody tweeted, and it was somebody semi notable tweeted that they thought that Malik Willis was a better prospect than Trey Lance was. There is an absolute chance sure. in San Francisco on the clock, and I know this is crazy, but we're getting into the late second round. I mean, this is like... 49ers select Drake Jackson. 49ers did? Where are you seeing this? The 49ers have selected defensive end Drake Jackson. How far are we behind right now? We're not far behind. 40 seconds ago? Okay, it just came through. All right. What are you doing? Well, that's out. It's gone. Dude, we're streaming live. It's gone. Look, you didn't. it didn't refresh fast enough. We got this Wi-Fi connection in here. We've got 90 devices going it's bogging us down what's the bandwidth somebody check it what do what, we got what, right now what's our up wait drake jackson went to the 49ers you are you gaslighting me i'm not typing from dove kleinman's account drake jackson went to the 49ers and it looks as if what's going on right cam now? taylor Britt, safety from nebraska goes to the bengals okay well i mean there we go i so this thing is, it's behind on ESPN. How are you? What do you mean, how am I? You asked this me if I hard. Tweeted. It's all on the screen. We have all these screens all around us. What do you us. mean I gaslighted you? I was, I was eight seconds late to something. It's you, right there. Look, read. Can you read? Why would I be gaslighting you? D-R-A-K-E-J-A-C-K-S-O-N. Drake Jackson. It's right on the screen. And look, Cam Britt. Where's he on Taylor Britt. Because you're hanging out on this screen. There's no update. It's been reported. It's been reported, It's too late for me. 14. That's why. Blame it on the stream. Blame it on the, the upload is just not fast enough. The download, everything's just everything's backwards right now. Look at look at the screen. 
protected. Why are you making it about what, what's going on? Can we talk about fantasy football? Sure. I haven't even had a chance to talk about all these wide receiver implications. Okay. Do it. Tyquan Thornton. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Tyquan Thornton. Is this a joke? Is this a prank from Bill Belichick? This is the team with the worst record drafting second round wide receivers and even late first round wide receivers in the history of the draft. And they, they instantly tank it by drafting a kick returner. He's a kick returner. He will never be anybody. Is this like a replacement to Matthew Slater? Joke. You can get that guy three rounds later. This is a Mike Mayock special from the, from the New England Patriots. Complete joke pick. Pickens to the Steelers. The Steelers... No wide receiver talent. Chase Claypool is super talented. He doesn't want to be a football player, right? He He's soft, and he's going to get eventually a guy like George Pickens comes in who has that alpha mindset. He has the, the high mentals. See, I, I think of George Pickens, they say, oh, he's a psycho no, in a good way. He's, psych- he's, he's a psychopath about football. He just wants to just rip people's face off. You know what I mean? He's, he can he, he'd go out there without a face mask. That's the type of guy we want. And that's the kind of guy that the Steelers covet and that you would have now maybe one of the best, if not the best, wide receiver trios you could ever imagine because you can still put Chase Claypool at X, right? Have him absorb whatever alpha corner they put over there. Give him the the man coverage. Maybe he can beat the man coverage. If it's a weak corner, he gets some targets. Great. You get Pickens at Z. He can play Z, can he? Doesn't he have speed? To go deep, doesn't he have the route running? Sure. Hand, can, can, he, can he run double moves? And you move Deontay Johnson in the slot. You got Najee Harris out of the backfield. You got Fryermuth down the seam. This is an incredible passing game now in Pittsburgh. They're gonna they're gonna have they're gonna have Mitchell Trubisky play one game, maybe one game, two games, maybe two games, maybe yeah. So and then maybe he can flash and get his next job. And then so maybe you have to keep holding him. You got to keep holding Trubisky. In Superflex, this was my big take. My big take is don't drop Trubisky, okay? Just because the, the Steelers were the one team that were suckers enough to draft based on need and not best player available and got Kenny Pickett, there's nothing that guarantees Kenny Pickett's going to be starting in week one. Mitchell Trubisky could flash, and he's eventually going to end up somewhere else, just like Marcus Mariota landed somewhere else, landed on his feet, going to be a starter. Yeah, yeah. So is Trubisky. And he, he may put up some big numbers for the first few weeks. And, and what if Trubisky, what happens when, what if Trubisky plays well and the Steelers start like three and one? Are they going to bench Trubisky and, and just bring in Kenny Pickett? No, I, I think obviously if you're seeing, you know, ample production out of him, the way that, you know, Garoppolo played for a while, you're not going to risk potentially compete. We know Tomlin wants to compete. That's a fact. This team's always trying to compete. Let so. me ask you a question. If you had to win a game yeah. in week one, yeah. right? Because you got to win. Week one's just as important as week 17 and 18 to make the playoffs, sure. right? Sure. Do the games count different later in the season? No, right? So week one matters. Rhetorical. You got to win. Of course it was rhetorical. You got to win week one, right? Yes. You, you're going to start Trubisky, who's been seasoned and has all the skills that, that we, we like about, except bigger hands of Kenny Pickett. Or are you going to go with Kenny Pickett, the unknown rookie? I mean, you're not going with Kenny Pickett. You're obviously going with Mitchell Trubisky right, right. out of the gate, right? I mean, it makes a lot of sense. Right. You, you know, He's yeah. not a top 10 pick. If, if Listen, 
Pickett's a top five pick. It's going to be, you know, it's, it's going to be, it's more it's likely be that but he wasn't a top 10 pick. Well, and it's more likely that Pickens will be a successful player playing with like Trubisky initially, vice versa saying, can he pick it be successful yeah. as the quarterback? I mean, yeah. you're going to get the better production. Yeah. It's safer. They want to compete. So Pickens is, this is not great because there's no way Pickens is going to out target Deontay Johnson. So Pickens doesn't go to best case scenario. doesn't go to the chiefs, doesn't go to the Packers, but it's not awful. It's not awful because I think Chase Claypool is very usurpable, right? He's very usurpable. Cody calls him the, the biggest beta in the entire NFL at wide receiver. He doesn't have That's that harsh. mean streak. He doesn't have that nasty factor like a George Pickens does. Even a Deontay Johnson, like Deontay Johnson's getting after it out there. It's, it's just very easy in my mind to say, okay, this guy's coming from the SEC. This guy's an incredibly skilled rookie receiver. He can play everywhere. Right. He wasn't at, he wasn't at the senior bowl because he came out early. Chase Claypool was at the senior bowl because he didn't come out early. This is really bad news. This pick and spick was actually pretty devastating for Chase Claypool. It's possible. We've seen the the Pittsburgh Steelers uh, creatively use players in the slot and outside. I think we're going to see some variations from these guys, but before we continue this, I want to ask you a question before the pick is in the, the team that's up right now is the Buffalo bills. What are the odds that they go? Isaiah Spiller right here. Is there a chance that they, they fill the need at running back? I hope, heard them I hope they go Rashad White. Okay, but okay, what are the odds running back here? I think I think they go running back and they go Zamir White, right? Or Rashad White. Oh, oh, they go James Cook. Oh, that's uh, but they went running back nonetheless. Yeah, that's not great. Okay, look, it's it's not great, but look what's happening. The NFL really isn't buying mm. into the media hype. Mm. Isaiah Spiller was getting a lot of buzz that he was a second round talent. He doesn't go there. Okay, he's he's falling out of the second round as well. Yeah, well, Isaiah Spiller's not good. That's a problem. You know that, right? So the, so the NFL gets it. There's a lot of things no, the NFL it's been gets. Right. The problem is lately, there's been some some truly horrific draft picks where, and this was only a matter of time. I was like, wow, the NFL graded out incredibly in the first round, getting so many picks right. And then you start to see some of these picks come in. New England being, you know, the, the most obvious kick returner. Right. But, uh, you know, you, you, you go to the second, you go through the second round and then all of a sudden you start to see, oh, there's some real whips. Wandale Robinson. Yes. Whiff. Yes. Kenneth Walker. Whiff. Yes. Like they got it right. Right. They got Boye Mafe. He's awesome. Like that was a great pick. And then they followed up with Kenneth well, Walker. Wait, wait, I don't think Woof. He, well, hold on, hold on. I don't think the Kenneth Walker pick was bad to Seattle. Was it necessary at 41? Well, why do you just like not with Andrew Booth on the board? Not with okay, David no, 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 Ajabo no. on the board. All right. I mean, David well, Ajabo would have been on. an awesome hold player. On. But but what's for happening? Seattle. Bear in mind what's happening here is we're, I mean they drafted doing, Frank Clark with all those off the field issues. Ajabo's better than Frank Clark ever was. But we're what we're doing here is we're going back and forth. We're doing a show about fantasy and then we're doing a show about real life. If it's a real life conversation, I, I understand. I can see it both ways, but again, Seattle needed running back help. And it's literally been for a a run, pick. for the for the the team that's been ultimately run first, running back injuries have killed this team oh. over the last couple of years. And, and, and this was this was the killer right here. This was the picker. I don't know who Josh Paschal is. Is he any good, Cody? Okay, so rotational defensive lineman, whatever, Detroit. You're not impressing us. And then uh Phil Darian Mathis. This is this is classic. This is I, I want to focus on this for a second. We need to go back in time, get in the time machine here, look at some of these older picks. This is the pick. This is so Washington. These are the picks that I hate the most. The Clemson, Ohio State, Alabama guys that go mid-second round are almost always overdrafted. This is where you go small school guy. You don't go with 
Alabama guy that fell out of the first round. He's not going to be anything. He's not going to be anything except an interior space occupier. And that is terrible use of second round draft capital by Washington. Absolutely terrible. Not as bad as Tyquan Thornton, but pretty bad. But by the way, if I may, before we move on here, it sounds like Malik Willis did officially fall out of the second round. Yeah. So we're in the third round now. And also Alec Pierce. Yeah. Baldwin. I mean, this is bad. So, so Alec Pierce was somebody, the film guy, Chris Ballard. Did I say Baldwin? Chris Ballard. There was a Baldwin. Wasn't there a Baldwin that went uh, to John Baldwin? Jonathan John Baldwin went to yeah. Kansas City, right? I was thinking of John Baldwin. Yeah, no, I wasn't. I just right? trying to. I just made a mistake. I misspoke. Listen, Alec Pierce going to the Colts was horrific. With Sky Moore on the board, this we're gonna we're gonna go back to this. I can't even quantify how many times we're gonna go back to this Chris Ballard whiff where Sky Moore was there and they went with the Uber bust. One of the most busterific wide receivers I've ever seen. When your comps are Jalen Strong and Dante Moncrief and Chris Conley, you're a whiff in the making. And then meanwhile, Sky Moore, all his comps are great, and he's essentially a Golden Tate plus. I mean, I mean, Chris Ballard should be ashamed of himself. I think we were talking to Alex earlier. We were talking about Alec Pierce, and I think – was this – no, we were talking about Christian Watson, but – so Alec Pierce, though, is one of these guys, obviously incredible athlete. Uh, this is a player that, again, I think if you go back and, and look at the history on it, people had mentioned that he was really solid against Alabama in one of his main performances against SEC competition. So there seems to be some reasons to like him. But again, here's the deal. It's not best player available, but it's best player at the position, potentially, when you look at the upside of it. But we're getting into the second round. He did go ahead of Sky Moore by one pick, which we both disagree with. Oh. But this is a really narrow wide receiver group. I mean, in all honesty, for me, Jalen Tolbert's the end of the line at this wide receiver position in a lot of ways. He's still on the board. I can't believe, I can't believe Thornton went ahead of Calvin Austin. If you need a a field stretcher, you got to go Calvin Austin. He actually has downfield separation ability and the ability to squeeze the football at the catch point. I mean, are you kidding me? Tyquan Thornton, then if you're not going to take Calvin Austin, that means it's a special teams pick. And if you're going special teams in the second round, you're doing it wrong. I just don't – the Patriots, what's that? I think other analytics departments around the league are catching up to the Patriots, which have had an analytics department that just continued to whiff on the second round. And we said, oh, well, that's because Bill Belichick keeps intervening and and and, and he has these, this second-round trump card and he keeps overriding the analytics team in the second round. Mm-hmm. That may be what happened. 